Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Queuing Up Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Damian Rocha Jr., and today's episode is going to be a fun one. It's going to be one that we, I believe we've done before, but never to the full extent of where we're more professional about it, and we actually have everything, like, you know, labeled. We have, like, a sheet we follow and everything, because, you know, we're very unedited kind of people here. As you heard, I said we, because we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Man, is that what I'm reduced to as a special guest now? What, yep. the, what the heck? What the heck happened to co-host? I don't know. It's it's been so long <laughs> since we've heard that sexy voice of yours. It's just gone now. Uh, it's fine. Nah, I, I'm. Uh, we are joined by me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Robert. We, he said me. we oh, are joined on. by me. This is why you were. Uh, this is why you were demoted. <laughs> For saying things as we are joined by me, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's yeah, just it's, me. It's just him. He he's actually very good at impersonations, and I am currently impersonating Damien's voice. How good I am! Yes. But so far today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over the not all of the new cards, but the new cards that we are actually excited about, or just want to talk about, just to get in like deeper discussion. And these are the new cards that are coming out in, I believe, it is Brothers War. Is that the next set? The, the Dominaria United. That, oh, yeah, that's okay, yeah. So not Brotherhood, Dominaria United. See, this is why I have Rob with me, because he has a better memory than I do. But yeah, Dominaria we're just, United. We're going back to we're, Dominaria. It's a set mainly, in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, mainly talking about all the things that uh, caught our eye, I think. Oh, yeah, because there was, there was a lot. Yeah, I'm, yeah we probably can't touch base on everything that we saw, but... This is probably the biggest talking points. Oh, yeah. These are the ones that, like, either I sent to Rob, Rob sent to me, or we ask a bunch of questions, stuff like that. Because essentially, things that we see, we'll we'll definitely see play in. We play a lot of Commander. So that's kind of the eyes that we look through is through Commander. So these are kind of like all of the cards that we think would see play in, in Commander. Oh, yeah. I am so excited for this. Oh so, yeah. You ready to start? Uh yes. Okay, so the first one we'll be going over is basically five color tribal and legendary tribal. They're kind of not in the same bunch, but since they're both like tribal decks, we wanted to go over things that we would see a lot of like play with or th- like things that caught our eye. So I'm going to have Rob start off with one that he was he found sent to me and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool, you know, stuff like that." And go ahead, Rob. Uh, we're gonna start with five color tribal then uh so uh something that we noticed is they started making a lot more or started paying attention a lot more to five color tribal um so one of the things one of the first things that they spoiled was jared cartholion it's a new jared card for everyone else who's been in magic for quite a while you know who jared is uh he is now a five color card was he a five color card before i don't even remember uh no i think he was three uh yeah no he's only naya and now he's all five colors um he is now a planeswalker and you could actually make him your commander uh and he's pretty good with uh five color tribal so uh to start off we'll start off with his abilities he comes in with five loyalty he's all five colors um one of each that's that's all his that's his kind of mana cost is just uberg uh comes in with loyalty five uh his ability is plus one loyalty you create a 3-3 three, three creature token, and it has Trample, and it is all colors. And then his, uh, his next ability, it's minus 3 loyalty. You choose up to 2 target creatures. For each of them, put a number of 1-1 one, one counters on them, 
equal to the number of colors that it has. So with, you know, for example, just his creature tokens that he makes, if you were able to, you know, untap with him again and he used his ability uh, and you targeted that token that you created, it'd be getting five one counters. So now you would have an 8-8 eight eight with Trample. Uh, and then his last ability is a minus six ability. You return target multicolored card from your graveyard. Just multicolored. Doesn't have to be five color. Uh, from your graveyard to your hand. But here's the thing. If that card was all colors, you get to draw a card and create two treasure tokens. So he is very pushing you to trying to fit all five colors into as many creatures as possible with this deck. And when he was first spoiled, there wasn't very many of those at first. But as the spoilers came on, of course, they started pushing out a lot more five colored stuff. And it was very cool. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it... I really do like the way you explained it is that they're paying a lot more attention to like five color decks instead of just being like a five color commander. And then there's like uh, uh, two color here, tri-color here, stuff like that. A lot of it is just straight five colored things. Like they really yeah, want you to play that. Because I mean like Ur-Dragon, because Ur-Dragon is probably one of the most popular five color commanders. And the way Ur-Dragon was worded where it's just kind of like you go through and like search like for whatever dragon you can. So it was kind of like Wizards just kind of pushing you to fit as ridiculous like the most ridiculous you know like dragons in there and those usually had uh those usually had like you know however many colors and that was like it but now they're actually pushing you to try to fit as many colors on these creatures as possible because you would synergize more with the abilities i love it always like yeah. things like that so like for example another card they spoiled was uh i think it's primeval spawn or primeval spawn it yeah. is, it's 10. It's five colorless and then uh, just Wooberg. So white, blue, black, red, green. Creature avatar 10-10. Its ability reads, if primeval spawn would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast or no mana was spent to cast it, exile it instead. So no like cheating it so out, we, essentially stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, uh, I know there's things like polymorph or if you were to, you know, ex uh, you know, you exile a target creature and then you, you know, start revealing cards on top of your library until they reveal a creature and you slap it on the battlefield. I know a lot of people like to break that and just have like a lot of spell, like uh, instants or sorceries and enchantments or whatever mm -hmm. that can make tokens. And then you polymorph it. And then like the only creature that you have in the deck would be, you know, something like this. And, uh, you know, things like that where like you don't, you're not spending, you're not spending any mana or you're not even casting it. It's just being cheated into play. Then, you know, that's why they made that ability so they could work around that. Because oh, otherwise yeah. you have to, what is it? You sacrifice it or you exile it? You exile it. Yeah, yeah, it's completely just like, yeah, you're not cheating this out. We don't want you to cheat this out. We we want you guys to be casting this from your hand by tapping mana. Yeah. So <laughs> and it actually has two more things that we have to read. Its keywords are vigilance, trample, lifelink. So it doesn't tap when it attacks. It goes through if you don't have enough toughness to block all damage or all of its power, and it gains life off of the damage it deals. Yeah. And remind us again what its uh, stats are. <laughs> uh, ten ten. So yeah, that's, it hits that's for a fourth crazy. of your health if you're playing commander. So and and you're gaining a fourth of your health back. <laughs> yep. And then its last part of text it reads. Okay, but here's the thing: it also has vigilance. So which yeah, is it stays up too because because you can attack with that, and you could block with that. <laughs> uh, that's what makes it even better. Like and just it's... the creature, the creature itself is really good. Oh yeah. Like it, it has a payoff, but being you know 10 mana and in a 10 10 body with those abilities that by itself is still really good but then yes there's that payoff that you're about to explain oh uh, yeah lastly 
When Primeval Spawn leaves the battlefield, exile the top 10 cards of your library. You may cast any number of spells with total mana value 10 or less from among them without paying their mana cost. This is what I think is really cool because uh, I know there's going to be like artifacts in there that like tap for mana, soul ring, arcane signal, whatever you want, like, you know, whatever. But those are going to be yeah. nice. It would be kind of busted if it was like, it didn't say total mana value. If it said like uh, any number of spells with total, like uh, not even total, just 10 cards without paying their mana cost. Just 10 spells without paying their mana cost. Yeah. That would be gross. Yeah. Yeah. The th the thing is about this too is if you do cheat it into play and you do exile it, its last ability still procs too. Does it really? Because it enters the battlefield then leaves. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Because it gets exiled because yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Its first ability is if it entered the battlefield and there was you know no mana spent to cast it and you didn't cast it you exile it. And it kind of, you know, it sucks because this thing has, it actually has some use to being on the battlefield with those, with those keywords and being a 10-10 body. That's pretty good. And then you get additional value when it dies. But if you don't care about the 10-10 body, you can cheat it out into play and then, it, and then you exile it and it stays in exile. There's no way to get it back. So you can only get it, you know, you can only get one use out of this. But then you actually get that second ability where you just start looking for any spells, a total, a total value, 10 or less, and then you could cast them. Oh, yeah, that's it. There's so many, like, different things you can get deck. Like, I was... Ah, oh, hold on, I'm sneezing there. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> but there's a lot of different spells you can get. Or, like, for example, if you draw into, like, removal spells, you can easily play them because a lot of removal spells, especially in, like, Wooburg, a lot of them cost, like, two, three... So, like, you can get at least three of them off if all of them cost three. If all of them cost yeah. two or one, you can get, like, five, six, maybe, depending on what you draw. Like, there's Swords to Plowshares. There's Path to Exile. You got uh, Anguish Unmaking, Bedevil, Terminate, Assassin's Trophy. Like, there's so many removal spells. De depending on how it plays, too, if there's a lot of creatures on the board, you could even go, you could even get into a, uh... oh, no, because it's converted mana cost. Never mind. Yep, yep. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking of um, blasphemous act, but no, that that's a solid. That's a solid nine, just right off the rip. Yeah, <laughs> just let me just use all nine. Let me use a majority. Let me literally use ninety percent of it on one card that can cost one. <laughs> Wait, is it you but, may yeah, cast or so, you have to cast it? Uh, you may cast any number of spells with total mana, total mana value ten or less. Okay. So you you could you could do up to ten. Or yeah. if there's only one that you want to cast that it only takes up five of it, you don't have to use up that other five. Just wanted to make sure I was reading that. So, yeah. So there's you know there's use to it. If you cheat it out, you get that you 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 know you get that second or that last half of his ability. You get oh, yeah. that value from him if you cheat him out, but you only get to use it once because he's getting into exile. I mean there is there is. Uh, what is it pull from eternity that mm -hmm. white has so you can get him back and you can get more use from but that's if you're going to be if you're going to be running a five color deck are you really going to waste that slot on pull from eternity just for this no i don't think so that's going to be so. it's because pull from eternity is it a one drop it's a one drop it's yeah one, that's uh, either swords that's yeah. either swords or path to exile for me yeah are you like are, are you really gonna waste that slot specifically for this card like i didn't know you're gonna get this card you know so you could you can cheat it out if you want and you could get one use out of it, you know, which is, it's still really good. But if you really wanted to, especially playing in Wooburg, you can actually try to cast it, try to keep it on the field, try to get it to the graveyard, resurrect it, and then get another way, and then get another, you know, top 10 cards that you get to look at. Mm -hmm.
So one thing I can say that I'm excited for real quick, because these are cards that really didn't, they caught my attention, but they're not really, there's not really synergy or anything really to talk with them. Uh, the new uh, tap dual lands that are actually type, uh, like type lock now. So like, for example, there's one that's red green and it's a mountain forest. You know, all of the two colored lands, like the dual lands are actually like, they have typings now when they come in tapped. Uh, did you see that? That's what I think is dope because there's a lot of cards um, that, like, for example, uh, New Capenna has oh, all of them that, like, when, are, you, when you sacrifice new. them. Yeah, so when you sacrifice them, you get the dual lands that pop up and you can go search for a forest, island, whatever. And a lot of these are like island swamp, plain swamp, uh, forest mountain, forest island, stuff like that. Do they have all 10? Uh, yep. Yes, they do. Yeah, so then, yeah, they have each one. Yeah, that is actually really cool because. Uh, that makes it really good for um um like three visits, far seek. Uh yep, yep. what was the other one? It is I can't think of it at the moment, but I know it's a four drop. It's essentially like uh migration path where you get to play it's a four drop sorcery for two basic lands. This one is a four drop sorcery for two forests. Just yeah. Go and go look for three. two forests. Three visits, far seek, and nature's lore. That's what it was. Lore. Nature's lore. Yeah, the, and then there is rangers. I think, I think it's like rangers hide or something. It's basically what uh, the shroud one does, or the one the four drop one. Does. Literally the same thing. It's just yeah, yeah. I think I think what's really excited if if you're running you know all five colors, you can throw all of those in there, and then if you have far seek, you know. That'll be a very huge mana fixer for you, especially if you're having all those tapped lands in there. So because because those tapped lands actually have the basic land types on them, it would actually be worth running all of them because you can actually run things like Nature's Lore and Far Seek and stuff because those would just straight up mana fix you. That's the one thing that I am. It's, you know, we have dual lands that come in, either shock lands or the ones that are like Taigas and like $350 version. But it's nice yeah. to have things that are going to be like, I'm okay with lands coming in tap because I'm not that competitive. I don't need the spells land as immediately as they come in. I'm yeah, okay yeah we're, like a we don't, we don't play competitive magic. We, we play casual. Yeah, we sure do. The other we, thing that I'm really excited about, speaking of the dual colored lands, the ones that uh, deal one damage to you. Yep. When you tap them, some of those were getting really expensive and they reprinted them. Yep. So I'm happy about that. Same. Because, you know, 40 health, I would be perfectly fine going, I'm going to tap this for green, take a life. Guess what? I'm going to gain like <laughs> nine life by hitting you. So <laughs> just being honest. But yeah, uh, yeah. did you want to move on to the next, uh, the next card there? The, I think it's Iridian, Iridian Maelstrom. Maelstrom. Yeah. So it's another five color tribal card, Iridian Maelstrom. It is a sorcery. It is Wooberg, and I believe it is two colorless. Uh, uh, it's no, actually just it Wooberg. Is, it is just Wooberg. Uh, it is just Wooberg. It is a sorcery. Uh, what it does is that it destroys each creature that isn't all colors. So again, five five color tribal. You know, if you're running Jared at the helm, or there's another five color tribal. Um, no, not really five color tribal. I guess Jared is probably the best five color tribal. Um, um commander that we'd possibly have right now. Uh you know, so if you're running Jared, you know, and if all of your creatures are five colors, you can have a Radium Maelstrom 
use it and it's just a one-sided board wipe or even if all your creatures aren't five you know all five colors your best creatures are probably going to be all five colors and so you could still cast a radium maelstrom kill some of your creatures may probably not even your key element like not even probably your like key pieces and it'll wipe the whole board of everyone else so that's gonna be a really cool card for five color tribal and i think it's a really cool uh piece that they added for five color tribal yeah essentially it's just like there's not really much to talk about besides that. Like, if you don't have five color yeah. things, or if you don't have cards that make everything the colors you want, it's really nice because every board, essentially, if I'm not mistaken, every color has some way to get rid or do damage to colors that aren't it, besides five color. Yes. Yep. Which is really nice, and essentially, it's it's really it's it's really nice to have something like that because if you cast your commander, you know you have Wooberg, like you know you have it, so you can just cast that and be like okay cool i have it to cast anything so i'm just gonna play this boom deal all this damage and just playing to not lose or not playing to win afterwards because if you wipe the board with all your stuff still on the board you're probably in the highest like position to win yeah 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 because i've never really known any weak five color cards and i mean that in the sense of like there's not a five color card that call that's like a one one or like a three three that has no keyword or anything that it does yeah yeah, yeah, all the all of your five color cards are gonna be your key pieces. Like um is it Maelstrom Angel, I think is what it's called. The yes. one where if it deals combat damage to a player, you could cast a spell from their hand without paying its mana cost. Yep. You could throw that in with Jared. And, you know, you could have a Radiant Maelstrom and cast it, you know, even if like three of your creatures die, oh well, you have Primeval Spawn still, which is a ten ten body that has all those <laughs> keywords. You have Maelstrom Archangel that's stealing things from people's hands. You have the tokens that Jared is making that are just getting pumped up even bigger because of Jared himself, you know? And, you know, sure, you lost, you know, maybe some cool things that were like, you know, like like you lost your Itali, you know? Oh, well, you still have all these other Uber creatures that are still really good. And you have a whole free board you know, like board presence on everyone else's side that they don't have to worry about anymore. That is true. Like I'm I'm really excited just to see how this deck performs. Like I I might put a slot in him for him, but you know, there's a card on this list that we want to talk about later that I might just make a deck around that. Because that's very fun too. But uh yeah. if you have nothing else to say about that, I would like to not move really on to no. the next artifact. Or not yeah. well I ruined it, but I'm excited for this. It's an artifact, <laughs> legendary artifact for good reason. It is Timeless Lotus. Some of you don't know anything that has the word Lotus in it in this game. Usually means there's some kind of mana with it. And if we're <laughs> talking about five color tribal, you can probably guess what this taps for. So, Timeless Lotus is a five drop artifact, a legendary. Timeless Lotus enters the battlefield tapped. No biggie, you know, just wait one turn. But what it taps for, when you tap it, you add Wooberg. One white, one blue, one black, one red, one green. Not one one, it's just literally Wooberg. So white, blue, black, red, green is what it taps for. And essentially, with this on the field, you can tap it and play almost anything in your hand. Yeah, yeah like that's just—it's essentially what well, it is. It it also mana fixes you because if you have five, if you have this in your hand and you have five lands, this right? is the say new Golos. Say, so yeah, say, say say you're playing Jared, right? Correct. And you say you have like five lands, but you only have like three of the colors. You can, but you have Timeless Lotus in your hand. You could play Timeless Lotus, and now you could tap Timeless Lotus already for Wooberg, and you could play your Jared on the same turn that you would normally play your Jared. That makes sense. Yeah. Because by turn five, you know, if, if you had all five colors, you're playing your Jared, right? Mm. But 
say you don't have all five colors, but you have Timeless Lotus. Turn five, you're playing Timeless Lotus, tapping it for Wooburg, and playing your Jared anyways. So Timeless Lotus also mana fixes you if you're playing Wooburg. Remember, Timeless Lotus comes in the battlefield tapped, though. So you have to wait that one turn. Oh, it, oh, it does yeah. come in tapped? Yeah, comes oh, in tapped. Never mind then. Oh. The, earliest, the earliest you can actually get Jared out, if I'm not mistaken, is if, say, if you have any land color, you play Arcane Signet, and then, or you play into a Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, or vice versa. Turn two, you play any color land, you tap five. By turn three, you have Jared out. Uh, turn three. Mm hmm. Cause say you play a mountain, you tap it for a soul ring. That's two. You tap that for two. You play arcane signet. Turn three or turn two. You play a land, so you have two lands, mountain and an island. You tap those two. Tap the soul ring for two. That's four mana. Tap arcane signet. That's five. Timeless lotus. I turn three. Play a land. Even if you miss a land drop, just tap oh, it. Oh, I see. Jared. I see what you're saying. Yep. I see what you're saying. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 But of yeah. course, that's like that's magical or Magic the Gathering Christmas Land right there. So like that's if you yeah. just draw a god, to, like a god start, and plus you'd become target numero uno if your five drop commanders out turn three. <laughs> One of each color too. That'd be super hard to do. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You really would be like, mm, yeah, we're gonna kill you first. Please no. I want to live. But with Timeless Lotus on the field, the, like Timeless Lotus to me kind of reminds me of um of um. Uh... Oh, I can't even think of the name right now. It's whatever that orrery is, the seven drop, the artifact. Oh, uh, the one that you could tap any like any color for it or whatever. Yeah, and it taps for five colorless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it reminds me of because you're tapping it for five colorless, but because you could use mana as like any color, you you could essentially use that mana for any color. That's what Timeless Lotus kind of reminds me of. It's a pseudo version of that card. Uh, chromatic orrery is what you're thinking. Chromatic or yeah, yeah, yeah. Timeless Lotus kind of like is like a pseudo version of that card because you could tap it for five mana and it's one of each color. Oh, sorry, I thought you were gonna keep going. I just kind of was like, oh, oh no. But yeah, the reason yeah. why I like this so much is this is literally like an arcane signet and a soul ring put together for five color yeah. deck. So any five color deck you want. So you can have Triumph of the Hordes. You can have uh, Jared. You can Henrith. You can have any five color commander you can think of boom this is an automatic include five colors yeah yeah i yeah i like it uh they're definitely cracking down on five color tribal with this expansion because oh, you, you have a, you have a you have a commander that specifically wants for all five colors in that color identity you have a five color creature with huge payoff you have a five color uh you know non-creature non-land you know you have you know have a sorcery that helps you with your with all your creatures that are five colors and then you have your uh mana rock that's all five colors so i they're they're really they're really helping with the center with the center uh the synergies of five colors so basically that's all we have to say about that I'd like to go on to the next card or the next i know it's it's still tribal but it's legendary tribal will be yeah. the next topic we're both going to kind of go yeah, on the in. next you yeah, the next the next thing that we've noticed that they're doing with this expansion is they're doing some legendary tribal. Um, they have that new Giada, which is all about like legendary creatures. Um, but the biggest are you thing are you sure are you eyes, sure it's still are you sure it's pronounced Giada? Because I keep thinking you're talking about the mono white angel. Uh, yeah, I could. I'm probably wrong about that. Uh, let me look it up. But uh, let me. Do you want me to read the card while you're looking it up? Um. 
Yeah, go for it. Yeah, talk about Joda. The new Joda is what caught our eyes specifically for this. Uh, so there, there is two Jodas. There's one that was already released. He, it's Joda, the Archmage Eternal. That's the one that's like a flying. He's one blue, red, white, and then uh, you may pay Ruberg rather than pay the mana cost spells of anything you cast, which is kind of nice. So it's like any five color or anything in your hand, essentially. You just pay five. So any Ruberg colors you have, just pay five. You can play anything. This new one... Anything in, anything in your hand is just one yep. tap from a Timeless Lotus. Exactly. That's why Timeless Lotus is so good. <laughs> and next, we have the new one coming out, which is Joda, the Unifier. He costs Wooberg. He's a legendary creature, human wizard, a 5-5. Five five. Legendary creatures you control get plus X plus X, where X is the number of legendary creatures you control. So if you have two legendary creatures on the field, it gets a 2-2 two two for... So Joda and whatever the legendary creature is, get, they both get 2-2 two because two there's two legendary creatures you control. Next, he has, whenever you cast a legendary spell from your hand, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a legendary non-land card with lesser mana value. You may cast this card without paying its mana cost, but the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. So the way I looked at this is it's kind of like, um, it's essentially, the way it sounds is it's worded like that one ability where Cascade, where you play something and then you search, you keep flipping the top cards until you get something that is non-land, if, I be, if I'm not mistaken, where it's less than the amount that you cast at the creature. So if you cast a nine drop, you look for something that's eight or less. Whereas yes. this is just the top 10 cards. Or the top card. It's just, yeah, exile cards from the top of your library until you find... Yeah, so it's literally cascading is what he has. Yeah, yeah. But, but only for legendary spells. So, but, but that's what we're saying. If it's a legendary tribal, it's essentially going to be cascading for your deck. Yeah, so this, I think, for me personally, I would have kind of... I would want to cast bigger creatures, like bigger legendaries, and try to get the smaller legendaries out. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you could just make Joda a legendary angel tribal, legendary demon tribal. Like, he's just a five color. You can just make it legendary and then just add, like, some kind of tribe to it if you want to. Like, legendary rhino, legendary elephant. What's cool about him is that it's a legendary non-land card, too. So that even includes legendary artifacts, like things like... Um, Timeless um, Lotus. Timeless Lotus, or things <laughs> like, um, what was it, uh, the Great Hinge. Yep. the great hinge you could you could you could fetch off of or cascade into um um then obviously creatures because what what i was and, thinking and was I... any legendary creatures so like itali you know like you could you could either play an itali or you can cascade into an itali imagine imagine if you were to ca imagine if you had joda for five color tribal and then you casted an ur dragon from your hand <laughs> 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 basically getting every <laughs> yeah but yeah joda's gonna be real cool i found that other i found that other card by the way that i was talking about it's dihada the new dihada d-i-h-a-d-a -D yeah dihada binder of wills uh she's she's an interesting one she's gonna be a pre-con um commander uh along with J uh, jared um you heard us talk a lot, a lot about jared yep. he is going to be a pre-construct he's going to be helming one of the pre-constructed decks so that's going to be something worth looking into. And then Jihad yeah. will be the helm of, of another pre-constructed deck. And she's all about legendary tribal. Is, so are, they only doing, are they only doing two for this release? Uh, two uh, commander decks? Uh, from what I know of, so far those are the only two that I know of. They might be doing more. I'm that would sure. be dope if Jota was one. 
if they had another five color commander, but I feel like he would be in. Oh, the Jota. No, Jota was Jota was part of um the yeah, expansion. Was no Jota was part of the expansion. Uh, oh, Jared, okay. Jared and Dihada come from are the, the uh, co- are part of the commander. Yeah, that's uh, what I see. Cards that they came out with. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, like it's just Jota has so much use to him because there is a lot of legendary creatures, but like. You can literally just make it anything you want. If it says, like, they don't even have to have synergy. They could just be legendary. You could just throw random legends in there, and each one that pops up will make you a threat. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they kept the flexibility of Jota, because I was so good about the old Jota. It was, it was so flexible for anything big in Huberg, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is still the same thing, but it plays a lot differently. I feel like, in my honest opinion, he might be, like, second or third five-color commander, like, easiest to understand or play when you start. Because all you have to do is just make sure you have things in there that say legendary spell. Not even creatures, yeah. just a legendary spell. That's all you have to do. Yeah. It's like it's like King Kenrith or Kenrith the Return King. I keep calling him King Kenrith. It's Kenrith. <laughs> but uh, Kenrith, literally, you can put any cards together, and it's going to work. Like, I've seen so many different decks where people either... They build the hell out of it, you know, they redo it, like restructure it just to make it fit. I've seen people just put stuff in it. I've seen a guy play Oh Mutate Kenrith, and it surprisingly did a lot of work on us. It was insane. <laughs> like, he just put a bunch of Mutate cards in of different colors, and it started working. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's insane what it can I just can't, it's just something in my head I can't fathom because of how good it is. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be, I feel like it's going to be super, super friendly. Like it's yeah, there's, really user there's friendly. Also, there's also all those legendary like sorceries too. Oh yeah, some of them are so so good. Yeah. Like there's a legendary you can, you can board only... wipe that uh, it's like Urza something where it's essentially just destroy all non. Oh no, I think you exile all non land uh, legendary thing. Legendary. Pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, um. No, and, and those legendary spells are like sorceries. Uh, you can only cast them if there's, you know, a legendary creature that you control on the field. Well, but I mean, if, you know, if Jota is on the field and you're cascading, essentially, you know, quote unquote cascading, you know, with his ability, you have a legendary creature on the field. So you could, you could cascade and cast those legendary sorceries from your deck. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be, he's going to be really cool. Oh, he's gonna be he's gonna absolutely. Be really cool. He's gonna be absolutely monstrous. I'm excited. Yeah. For the the thing, just... the thing that's the thing that's really good about him. I mean, the cascading is good. You get a lot of value off of it. Yes, but I think the thing that I'm most excited for about him is the fact that he gives plus X plus X to every legendary creature you control for each legendary creature you control. So with the so like say so you have three legendary creatures, right? That mm-hmm. is all three of them are getting plus three plus three. That is nine damage already split between three of them just from Jota's ability alone. That doesn't that doesn't take into consideration their base power toughness also. Like I, that's gonna be that's gonna be very scary. When he's on the field and you start cascading into things, it's gonna get out of hand very quickly. You wanna know something I just realized? What's that? There is a couple. There's like two or three that come to mind. I can't remember their names, but I know that's like green, white, red, green, and something else. These three creatures, when they enter the battlefield, they make a legendary creature token. Like there's legendary oh. creatures that make legendary tokens that are creatures <laughs> when they enter. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about those two. I'm pretty sure there's like lands and stuff too that make legendary creatures, like yep. legendary tokens creatures. There's one that makes a. I think it's that's like a 2020 kraken. Yeah, what like it, dark oh, yeah. depths. 
dark depths maybe that's what it is i believe that's what it is i know it's it's a land card that like you put like counters on it and you take one off and yeah like i like ice counters or whatever yep and then when the last one is taken off you make yep sacrifice it and make a 20 yep it's dark depths uh it's about a field with 10 ice counters on it you uh, you pay three of any color you can remove an ice counter from it when it has no ice counters on it you sacrifice the land and then you create a legendary 2020 black avatar creature token so that would also benefit from that plus x plus x ability from joda and that would be very scary too oh you want to know something else that'd be kind of gross too uh so a lot of people i don't see i have never seen anyone play this artifact but me uh, it is a seven-drop artifact. If I'm not mistaken, get up quick. Yeah, but it is. Uh, I know what the name of it is. Look this up. It is called Elbris, the Binding Blade. It's a legendary artifact. Seven, so it's the artifact. It's legendary. You could throw it in the deck. What it says is yep. seven legendary artifact equipment. Whip creature gets plus one, zero. You might think to yourself, wow, that's really trash. But it's equip one also. You're like, wow, that's really trash. Here's the kicker. Whenever this equip creature deals combat damage to a player, so whenever you just hit, unattach this, unattach this equipment, transform it. When you transform it, it turns into a legendary creature, which also gets plus X, plus X for other legendary creatures. It's called Withingar Unbound. It's a demon, legendary creature 1313. Flying, intimidate, Trample, whenever a player loses the game, put 13-1-1 counters on this creature. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Like I said, when me and Rob see these creatures and like new things coming out, there's ideas that pop in our head. This was one of the first things that popped into my head. It's a legendary artifact that turns into a legendary creature. It's a two-for-one deal. Back to back to uh, Chromatic Ori, too. That's also a legendary artifact that yep. you can cascade into. Sure. And then also uh, Akrama's Memorial is also a legendary artifact. Oh, I forgot about Akrama's Memorial. And that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Hands imagine, down, that is my favorite commander card. A lot of people hate it. I love it. <laughs> imagine, imagine having a board that is already like so out of control, and then you cascade into an Akrama's Memorial. <laughs> Good. I don't know what kind of mo- that. Acrimos Memorial and put it in cart. Like just <laughs> or, or even or even if you just because it's just any legendary spell. So even yep. if you just casted Acrimos Memorial and you started cascading into creatures, whatever comes like, in is becoming a monster. Whatever comes in is just becoming so. And yeah, it's just that's gonna be so cool. I think I think honestly I might make him uh, a backup. I might make my Kenrith mutate deck that I'm making. Which, by the way, it's literally, it's not mutate, it's mutating kaiju. It's a Kenrith deck that has all of the alternate arts for, like, Godzilla. And I might make that my alternate for my backup, if that makes sense. So, it's, it's essentially, like, my third five-color deck. Right behind yeah. Port of Notions, because Elementals are my favorite tribe. It's the first tribe I was introduced to while playing Standard Magic, like, two or three years ago. And then, still my favorite tribe now. I love everything about Elementals. So good. But I think Joda the Unifier, the more we talk about this, the more I want him to be my second, second five-color deck. Yeah, he's, he's going to be real cool. You want to know what else he's... you can throw in here, by the way? What's that? I'm going to hit you with something. What Name a big red creature. Itali Ex- or, uh, or Dracuseth. There you go. That, either one. Either one you go into, you keep exiling. What does that mean? Itali can get you more legendaries. 
right? Because if I'm not mistaken, Itali reads, you may cast them without paying their mana cost, right? Uh, yes, but it's from the top of the library, so it wouldn't be from. Oh no, it'd be from exile because you exile it and then cast without paying its mana cost. So it wouldn't. It wouldn't trigger Jota. Ah, oh, damn. Yep, it says from your hand. Even still, though, you can still get more legendaries out, making your legendary creatures bigger. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. faster Jota, way without spending yeah. mana. <laughs> Dude, Jota's gonna be so dope to play with. Yeah, he's he's gonna be cool. He's gonna be real fun. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that guy that drops like. A, I don't think there's anything that's legendary besides like. The seventy and eighty dollar mox opals and like stuff like that. That's like less than one mana. Because <laughs> you can literally just make a legendary like tribal deck. That's all like say the biggest thing is like three mana, and the rest are two and one, and they're all legendaries, like creature wise. Oh, uh, another really cool one is uh, Avakin's Memorial. Is it Avakin's Memorial, the one that gives all uh, indestructible everything? Uh, so yeah, it's well not everything. It's it, it, this would be perfect for Jota too. It's it's eight in total, so five of any color and three white. So it's eight, and you'd be essentially cascading for eight for anything other anything that's legendary. If you cast this from your hand, the artifact itself is indestructible, but it gives other legendary permanents you control indestructible. So this would be perfect for Jota. Oh yeah, of course. Avison, Avison's Memorial. Remember or that. Avison, oh. Dawn of Hope, a $50 card. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Av yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for Jota because that legendary thing you cast from your hand or just anything that exiles or you can even do like... Because uh, I know there's five creatures. If I'm not mistaken, it's five creatures that are legendary that have Cascade when you bring them in. So you would Cascade once because of Jota and then you could Cascade um... again because of the other one. Let's see. I know there's a teamer one. I forget his name. I know uh, there's. Uh, it's like way. Yeah, I think it's Wandering Maelstrom, like an eight drop. That's commander. what it is. Yep, yep. He's eight drop teamer. He's teamer, and then five of any color, and then he cascades twice when you when you play him. That's not like it's so. He's and he's so... and he's legend and he's legendary and he's yeah, legendary. So, yeah. So you'd be you'd be cascading for eight, twice with just uh Maelstrom Wanderer. And then you'd be cascading for eight again with Jota. Because <laughs> that gets you three things, regardless if it's artifacts, and enchantments, since, and, like. And since it, and since and since uh, Maelstrom Wonder is eight, you could you could essentially hit an Akrama's Memorial possibly with one of those cascades, and the other two cascades hit uh, creatures. <laughs> Jota is just a fun deck all around. Like, there's so much fun stuff you can do. With so much. Yeah, he's gonna be cool. He's like, gonna be real cool. I can't wait for him. I think, yeah, I think I just talked myself into making and then the second commander. What, what's that? What's that? So there's, there's also that Selesnia, um, dragon. Um, I forget his name. Yes, uh, Dramoka. Uh, uh, not that one. This one, uh, Dragon Lord Dramoka. This spell can't be countered. Oh uh, yeah, flying, flying life links. Your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. So that'll also be really good. See so much versatility. Yeah, <laughs> Jota's gonna because be was, oh, he's so good. I think especially since he's all, especially since he's all five colors. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's just anything legendary, all five colors. You could essentially just have a commander tribal deck, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> just, be... just just throw in all the popular commanders in Jota the Unifier and all the popular legendary artifacts and boob. You've got yourself a commander tribal. <laughs> <laughs> you essentially just have everything you've ever wanted. Like, it's just, <laughs> you're good. You're done. You never have to do anything. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so excited for this. Like, like the more we talk about, the more I want to make. Because there are some really good legendary spells that, like, a lot of them, if I'm not mistaken, like, I think the red and white one exile themselves. But you, can, if you can just cast them and get a cascade trigger off of them, oh, you're gonna be sitting pretty. No way, you're not. What's also what's what's also really gross too is that you know if you cascade into all of these creatures, right? Imagine cascading into a um, uh, Rubrask that gives everything haste. <laughs> oh. So so not only is Joda giving everything all that plus X plus X, but then he also just slammed a Rubrask that's also con contributing to that plus X plus X and giving everything haste. Because <laughs> why not, you know? Yeah, Joda's Joda's gonna be disgusting. He's gonna be so versatile and so flexible. He's gonna oh. be so cool. It's just oh, you, I cannot you could, wait. You could either get really aggressive with him. You could just make things so out of control with him. You can make him pillow forty. You can make him pillow forty. Yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be cool. He's gonna be real cool. Yeah. Well, with wrapping up five color commanders and wrapping up legendary tribal, we are going on to the very next category, which is the first of many cards that we talked about. Which Rob here is first. Rob, would you like to go ahead? Yes. So the rest of these cards, these are just um, specific cards that we um, that caught our eye that we just wanted to talk about. The last two things that we talked about were just you know just as a whole of what of like a mechanic or I guess um, an archetype of new stuff that they're bringing to magic with this new expansion now we're just talking about specific cards that caught our eye yep so the first thing that i'm talking about is called aether channeler it is a blue creature he is a three drop uh one blue two of any color uh human wizard his stats are two one not very impressive but this is where the abilities come in when he enters the battlefield choose one create a one one white bird creature token with flying Return another target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, or draw a card. That is really good. If anyone who plays Blink decks, they know how good Mana War is in their Blink decks. Mm -hmm. You just have you just have your infinite Blink combo, and with Mana War on the field, you're just returning entire boards to people's hands. Well, you I'm have that Man with of War. Mano War. It's it's M A N dash O dash W A R. Mano War. Oh, Mano War. It's it's a jellyfish. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So you infinite blink combo Mano War, and you just return entire boards to their hand. Right. This is the exact same thing. It is a three drop, just like Mano War. It is a two one. Mano War is a two two, but this is a two one, so it's a little easier to kill. But it does the exact same thing. Return another target non-land permanent to his owner hand. So, you know, you already have the same thing that Mana War does. But if if you're not too worried about board states and you still have an infinite blink combo going on, you have other things that you could do with them. You could just make an infinite one-one, you know, bird creature token board with flying. And you could just win through combat damage alone that way. Uh -huh. Or if you're looking for a different piece, you can just start drawing a bunch of cards with him. He's going to be so versatile in blink decks. He's going to be he's going to be an instant replacement for all those mana war players out there. He is going to replace them. He is no. going to have so much play in all of these blink decks. I will ex expect to see him in these blink decks, and I am going to put him in my blink deck. Could that you, is could just so good. Did you tell that uh, that Robert here is a very passionate person about blue? 
I am very passionate. <laughs> I'm very passionate about blue. But yes, the <laughs> decks that I am putting this in, there are possibly four, but three right now. Obviously, my Brago deck, because he's the king of blink. Why not? Yes. <laughs> Second is, uh, what was the Osgear? Not Osgear, that's the mono um, Orvar. My mono blue deck that I'm making that is going to be my first mono blue deck. Uh, basically, just making a bunch of copies of them. Yeah, that'll be and, cool too. And it's there's a lot of things that blink in that deck too because blue blinks also. So I could blink the original one, making more copies of stuff. It's just, I'm just really excited for this thing, especially because, like you said, it's very versatile. If you need blockers, you can blink them a couple times. Boom, you got like three, four birds. Or if there's stuff on the boards you got to get rid of, one, two, three, four, boom. Got rid of them, put them back to the owner's hand. Or if you're low on cards, one, two, three, four, four cards. Now you're at like five or six, depending on your hand size before you played the spell. Yes, he is going to be very versatile. It's and just... speaking, speaking of Orvar, uh, this next card that really caught our eye is going to be very good in Orvar too. Oh, by the uh, way, the other one was called Ranar the Ever Watchful. It's a blink deck that makes uh, white spirit creature tokens when I exile one or more cards from my hand or permits from the battlefield. The one from Kaldheim. Yep, it's yeah. the one that like foretells, and you know I'm gonna be blinking stuff too. So it's probably going to that. That would get very out of hand with Aether Channeler because each time you uh, infinitely exile him, you're making those one one tokens with with Ranar, and then each time he enters the battlefield, you're making more one one tokens. <laughs> Sorry, I was just distracted by something that was unprofessional to me. But yeah, this thing is so good because like you said, Mana War is basically getting replaced by this thing because it, it has it's, literally it's two more abilities. The only, the, the only difference is that it has one less toughness, which yes, that makes it weaker to like like minus one, minus one abilities or just like little ping effects like a grape shot without any storm counts. It is It makes it that much weaker, but... If you're just using it as a combo piece like you would normally do with Mana War anyways, yeah. this is this is just going to just dominate Mana War in any sense. And then also another combo you can do with this is it is something Navigator. It's that six drop four. It's four colorless, two blue. It comes in and has Soulbound. And then for one colorless and a blue, you blink whatever it's attached to or blink oh. the creature. Yeah, yeah. Deadeye yeah. Navigator. He's a, he's a six drop. Yeah, yep, yeah. Deadeye Navigator. Yep. But yeah, Aether Channeler would probably go in the fourth one that's kind of iffy, maybe, is my Yarok deck, which anything with ETB, which this says enters the battlefield, triggers twice, and I do have a lot of blink effects in there for this. But yeah. I do have a lot of draw spells, I do have a lot of removal because of creatures, and I have things that make things when they enter, so maybe I'll put them in for something, who knows? Maybe I'll just see how it plays in my mono blue deck, and be like, you know what? Going in Yarok, baby, going in my higher power deck, because I want you to. <laughs> oh yeah but i am it's it's a very good card it's once again like much like joda not exactly like joda obviously but this one has a lot of versatility because it has three options when it enters and when you're blinking it it just keeps popping up one after another so yeah. so good yeah yeah uh, it, it, it's it's all right on a, as a card on its own but if you throw it in a blink deck it just becomes that much better but yeah it's basically and then Oh, uh, what was that uh, That blue enchantment that just came out? Uh, Vesuva Diplomacy. I just wrote it down for us. Okay. So, essentially what that is, is it's a four-drop enchantment. Not, 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 not Diplomacy. Duplomancy. Yeah, Duplomancy. 
It is a four-drop enchantment that reads, whenever you cast a spell that targets only a single artifact or creature you control, create a token that's a copy of that artifact or creature, except it's not legendary. Wow, Rob, what does that sound a lot like? <laughs> hmm. it sounds sounds a lot like something Joda would like. That is true. <laughs> no. Joda, that's two, and it'd make a bunch of them, but they, that, they takes away, that, take, yeah, that takes away the legendary clause. What's another? Huh. Kind of sounds like a blue creature that costs the same amount of mana that almost does the same thing. <laughs> what is it called? Sakashima? No, Sakashima copies one thing. There we go. It's Orvar. <laughs> the blue commander I mentioned earlier oh, in the episode. Yeah. This imagine, is an automatic imagine, include. Imagine the amount of Ancient of Treacheries coming out of that Orvar deck with Vesuva. Oh, Duplo imagine them. I want you to have nightmares and PTSD <laughs> of this. I am stealing your entire board, including your lands. Just I am also stealing it. your wallet. I'm stealing your keys, your car, <laughs> your life at the end of this. We're just I'm not stealing, going anywhere. I'm stealing your credit score. <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing your school debt. Actually, you know what? Keep that. Take that back. I'm going to take my one. But, uh, yeah, I, so... That's very good because there's a lot of cards. For example, um, Cloud of Fairies. When it enters the battlefield, it make it untaps two lands. But here's the thing: if you have Orvar and you have the Vesuvian Diplomancy on the battlefield, play any spell that targets uh, Cloud of Fairies. You make two tokens. First one enters, you untap two lands. Second one enters, it untaps two lands. You are netting mana for each one. Sure, it's eight mana essentially to play, you know, Orvar and that thing. But say like turn six. Turn six comes around. You just need that on the field, which is it's two it's a two drop. Very simple. So have that turn two or three. Turn four comes, play your commander or the enchantment. Turn five, either one. Turn six. Not even turn yeah, turn five, you still have one left over. So turn five, you play one spell that triggers Orvar. It's going to also trigger the uh, Vesuvian uh, Diplomancy. They both trigger, make two tokens, and you could keep doing that if you have enough spells in your hand. Yep. It's just... oh, Or like uh, Archaeomancer, you just keep returning stuff to your hand that target it, so you just infinitely make Archaeomancers. Yeah, yeah, you could. Uh, uh, Archaeomancer and then that fairy that you were just talking about would be an infinite combo. Yep, just keep smacking them back to back. So just boom, make that on top of a bunch of lands. Play another spell that targets Archaeomancer. Get those two spells back. Play them again. Play them again. Play them again. It's just you keep doing it to make a bunch of things. As long as no one has a board wipe or you have an extra turn spell, go to your next turn, swing out for 4,000 damage, and kill everything. Unless they have Rakdos Charm. Then you might die. <laughs> or, mas or not Massacre Girl, Massacre Worm. Then you're definitely going to die. Uh, and then uh, uh, there's also that Simic um, uh, commander uh, that came out in Strixhaven. I forget her name. That's Simic? Yeah, that's Simic commander. I'm trying to think of which it came out when? It, with Strixhaven, it makes like tokens or like the, or like if you were to make tokens, it makes like... Oh, that's what, my, that's, what my, uh, that's what my girlfriend has. So it's Adrix and Nev, twin casters. There we go. Yeah, yeah, even even Adrix too, uh, with Vesuvian uh, Duplomancy in it. Uh, you oh. could you could ta you, you could target Adrix with the spell and have Vesuvian Duplomancy make a copy of 
uh, Adrix and it's not legendary, so legendary rule wouldn't apply. So you're creating that many more tokens. Yeah, so you'd create one, because... which would create two. Yep. And then the next time you target one of them, you would have three triggers. So instead of making one, it'd be two, four, six. There's a lot yep. of dumb stuff. It's just a lot of dumb stuff you could do with copying. Like it's so dumb. It's and then, so dumb. and then if you have those, if you have uh, um, whatever that creature was when it dies, you're creating like those tokens, like that three three, and then it goes, turns into a six six, and it turns into oh, a reform. nine nine. Reef, reform, yeah, yeah. You know, so if you have all of those Adrixes on the field, and then you play a reform. You're making some and, big things, and, and that thing dies. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, you're bored. You're just killing something. <laughs> might be one, might be two. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's it, Ajax would see Ves, uh, Vesuvian Duplomancy as a pretty important include as well. Oh uh, yeah, without a doubt in my mind. But uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that because it's. It's so good. There's so many combos you can do with it. Like, Orvar is literally known as, like, the combo monster because it's, it's blue. There's a lot of stuff you can do in blue with the combo off. It's so stupid, but it's so fun, and I can't wait to play it. But uh, if you're okay with it, are you ready to move on to the next one? Robert? You are. You want me to talk about Astor? Uh, that one I'm going to talk about. Okay. Yes. Uh, let's move on to... So I will... I'll move since, on to Ivy. Yeah, so since we talked about uh, the Aether Channeler, I'll go on and talk about Aster. Okay. And then we'll just go from there. So, this is a card will, that was... Oh, sorry. What are you saying? Uh, are, are you... Yeah, are I'm you talking gonna, about Aster now? Yes. Okay. Okay, go for it. Okay. So, uh, this is a card that caught my eye immediately, and I was talking to Rob about it, and he saw it too, and he, he pointed this out to me that uh, he's like, Damien, I think you like Voltron. He's not wrong. I really love <laughs> Voltron. It's very fun to have one creature hit you as hard as I can because if you're a problem to the board, they look to me as a god, as the hero or the <laughs> villain that needs to do what is necessary. It might not be good, but it's what's needed for the table to survive, and I'm willing to take that fall. So, Boros, everyone's like, wow, Boros sucks because there's no draw. There's no like ramp. Well, guess what? They're getting better and better every year they come out with stuff. Perfect example. You want card draw? If you want a bunch of ramp, look no further than Osgear. He makes a bunch of artifacts. He redoes a bunch of things that let you draw cards. Like it's very simple, very simple. But this one is Aster. He is two in Boros, so two colorless, one red, one white. He's a legendary creature, human warrior, four four. Is he has three abilities or like three things to read? First one: when he enters the battlefield, or when Aster, bearer of blades, enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an equipment or a vehicle card from among them. Put them into your hand. Put the rest of the bottom in your library in a random order. So, just for four mana, you get to essentially scry seven and pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, essentially, really good. Yeah, you get to go seven deep and try to find an equipment or a vehicle. And with once you get to these next two abilities, we'll understand just how good that is because you could start searching for some ridiculous equipment or vehicles oh, and you yeah. want them in your hand yep so the first one is equipment you control has equip one so you can bet that if in those top seven cards i see probably one of my favorite equipments to ever exist let me tell you what it is colossal hammer or colossus hammer it oh, yeah. uh at one drop eight equip but with this commander it's one it gives uh it gives equip creature plus 10 plus 10 that creature loses flying 
I don't care about the flying part. I'm going to hit you for 14 damage on turn 5. Because I can. So you you play Aster. Aster enters the battlefield. You look 7 deep. You see a... You see a Colossal Hammer. Put that into your hand. You play it for 1. And it also has equip 1. Now your Aster is a 14-14. <laughs> the only bad part about it is... It makes sense though why it's a thing. Is the reveal... Like reveal what you grabbed thing. Oh yeah. But for good reason. Because if we... If we don't know that you have that and we let you live, you're hitting someone for a lot of damage. Like, yeah. But yeah, Colossus yeah. Hammer is probably one of my favorite equipments because it's such a fast, easy... It's one mana. All you need is Seagarda's Aid or something that reduces the equip cost. and it, Something becomes a threat. Even if it's a 1-1, one, one, it's an 11-11 now. It's hurting you because it can. It doesn't want to, <laughs> but it has to because it's being commanded to. <laughs> but yeah, it's, there's that. You can also say like sort of the Animus because, you know... Every deck is like that. We're in some kind of ramp, and sort of Animus is probably the best one for Boros because it's an equipment. It's a lot of ways to equipment onto it, equip it for less, equip it for free, stuff like that. So Blackblade Reforged. Blackblade Reforged. That's a good one too for each land. So turn five, because Blackblade Reforged is seven mana. But if by turn five you have a Soul Ring, you play it, slap it on the battlefield. It can't be equipped. But turn eight, roughly, or if you have ways to cheat it out, which Red White does. Essentially, long story short, you're, it's going to be big. Even if it comes out turn five somehow, and you have five lands, your commander's now a nine nine. It's it's just gonna get stupid. Don't worry, don't don't think we forgot about this one, Embercleave. You bet your ass I will flip that card around and show you what's about to hit you next turn if you do anything to me. Well, but it, when Embercleave enters the battlefield, it uh um it it it, it attaches to a target creature anyways. So I mean, what that's what benefit? makes it that's what makes it scarier what? though. Wouldn't really benefit from the equip one, but I mean, if that creature would die and you still had the equipment on the field, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, Aster's still on the field, but now it's still only equip one, so it is still very good. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things. You could play any of the swords of, literally anything that you put in a Voltron deck that is colorless or red or white, just slap it in this deck and it works the same. <laughs> and I'm this, super this excited. A, this is essentially uh, uh, Sir Gwyn. Yeah, but instead, but instead of equip zero, it's just equip one for anything. Yeah, it costs it, two less. Yeah, instead instead of Sir Gwen being a equip zero for you know knights, it's equip one for anything. <laughs> My two big hitters in this deck, Sun uh, Sun Titan, he attacks, equipment comes back into my hand, or is it to the battlefield? Either way, it doesn't matter. Equip one, boom, it's even bigger now. Dracuseth, just to get that flying, just to do all that extra damage. Sun Titan, whenever it attacks, it's uh, it brings back uh, anything that's covering mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yep. And then, yes, since it has equip one, so you just attack with Sun Titan, right? And it's it's still attacking. So, you, you know, you bring that thing back, and then you can just equip it <laughs> for one. <laughs> yep. You got face break, uh, professional face breaker making tokens. Just any equipment you can think of goes in here. Shadow Spear locks it on Warhammer. Literally any, any equipment. I'm excited for this deck, and... That's just equipment. Let's get on to the next thing. Vehicles you control have crew one. I got two words for you. Uh, consulate Dreadnought. That is a one-drop artifact vehicle with crew six. Your commander's on the battlefield. Turn five, you have a 7-11 for crew one. <laughs> it can't attack right away because it doesn't have haste. But that doesn't matter. There's going to be probably something in here that gives creatures haste, like lightning greaves. 
Well, no, it's 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 a vehicle. So if so if if the creature that you have on the field, if that creature that you're crewing with doesn't have summoning sickness, mm-hmm. you can crew that vehicle, and that vehicle can attack the turn that it came in. Vehicles don't have a atta- uh, vehicles don't have um, summoning sickness. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, if so, if if you played a vehicle and then say you played a creature to try to crew that vehicle, mm-hmm. you can't crew the vehicle because that creature has summoning sickness. But if you already had the creature on the field and then and then you play that vehicle, you can then crew that vehicle and that vehicle can attack. That's actually so, pretty good. So Dreadnought is really good in this deck. If you play Aster and you find Dreadnought and you put it into your hand, that next turn you could attack with that Dreadnought. Oh yeah. Here's another <laughs> here's another thing that's really good. Parhelion 2. It's an 8 drop. Six colorless and two whites. A 5-5 five, five with crew four. There are a lot of things that make artifacts less, like Cloud Key. You, de- you bet I'm putting that in here to make artifacts less, because artifact vehicle, artifact equipment costs one less. Boundary Inspector will probably go in here to make things less. So at right about now, this is about six mana. Play it. Through it. When it attacks, create two four white angel four four two four four white angel creature tokens of flying and vigilance that are also attacking. You literally get three things that attack. Like, what what more do you want from this thing? This thing is an absolute monster. <laughs> like, a lot of these just, just big vehicles that you can do stuff with where it's just like, you hit them, guess what? Now you add, like, a tr- you make a treasure token or you make a creature or, like, vehicles are indestructible. It's, like, stuff like that. It's just, it's so, so good to have stuff like this. Like, I can't, it's or, just good. Uh... Parhelion 2, I think is what it's called. That's the one I already read. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the one that makes the creature tokens. There is another one that I can't remember the name of, where, if I'm not mistaken, when it attacks, it adds three man or like three white. Here it is. Colossal Plow. Two mana, six, three. Crew six. Guess what? Oh, yeah. Crew one now. You attack with it, add three white mana, you gain three life, and until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as step and phases end. Yep, yep. Yeah. You have a lot of things that are in here that are just going to be absolutely just disgusting. And Sun Titan is very good too because in Sun Titan can bring back all of those low convert mana costs like vehicles, equipment, creatures, yep. like Pure Steel Paladin. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield, not even casted, just enters. So it will trigger off a Sun Titan. You may draw a card. Hard draw. Guess what? There's other things that when you do deal like, uh, what is it, Rogue's Gloves. If you do combat damage, you draw a card. There's so much stuff I want to do with this deck, and I am excited. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Then you got SRAM. You got Danitha. Danitha makes things cost one less. Uh, there's uh, SRAM, whenever you cast a vehicle, an aura, or uh, equipment, draw a card. Like, there's, ooh, I'm so excited, Rob. I'm sorry, but like, I'm so excited for this card. It's... There's, the, there's the new Danitha. <laughs> that is one, but that'll be later on. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's. Do you have anything you want to add to this to Aster Bear of Blaze? Not really. You pretty much touch. We touch based on everything pretty good for them, I think. Can you tell that I'm really excited for this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited for too. Oh, there's. Ooh, it's, it has such good things that you can play, and I'm excited. But yeah, let's <laughs> go ahead and go to the the next card that you want to speak of, and I'm not gonna say it. You just go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Ivy Gleeful Spell Thief. Uh, 
I will read her off and then uh, I will tell everyone the first thing that came to my mind because I think it's going to be absolutely broken. Uh, uh, she is t uh, two Kaveri mana cost. It's just Simic, so one green, one blue. It's your legendary fe uh, fairy rogue. She's a 2-1 with flying. Uh, whenever a player casts a spell that targets only a single creature, whenever any player doesn't have to be an opponent, doesn't have to just be me. Whenever a player casts a spell that targets only a single creature other than Ivy, you may copy that spell. Then the copy targets Ivy. So just for a quick example, if um, uh, if uh, Damien here decided to target uh, one of his, you know, say he was playing a Ural deck and he decided to target Ural with an enchantment, Ivy will copy it, and then Ivy will put that copy on herself. This is one of the first few things that I thought of when I saw Ivy. I thought of using Ivy as commander for a Simic Mutate deck. Because you will, if you have her on the field, and then you have another creature that you're mutating onto on the field, you can mutate onto that, onto that other creature. Ivy will trigger and then you'll copy the mutate ability onto Ivy. So you would essentially have two different creatures mutating at the same time. And that is ridiculously good. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that... So it would, if I'm not mistaken, you, it would trigger twice, correct? Because you mutate once, and then it'll trigger the second time. Yes, so yeah. it would... Yeah, so if you... Um... I know there's one, uh, if you like mutated, if you mutated this creature, like you could just return, say like you just return a creature to its owner's hand. Uh, you know, if you mutated that onto one of the, onto the other creature that's not Ivy, you would return a creature to its hand mm -hmm. and then Ivy would copy it and it would mutate. And that would also then return a creature to its owner's hand. One of the, if you want to get crazy with it, uh, aus Auspicious Starix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you mutated Auspicious Starix, onto a creature that's mutated already like three times <laughs> you're going nuts with that one and then ivy copies it and then you're going nuts with that one too <laughs> that's i didn't even think of that you you are a monk yeah ivy ivy is going to be a really good mutate deck i think you wanna... she she will get that mutate deck would get I me mean, mutate already can kind of you know it's a snowball effect that can get out of hand if not dealt with immediately ivy just accelerates that you so what i what i was kind of thinking with her more than just like mutate mutate's probably the best in my opinion because you have a, not the best but it's probably the one that has the most effects if that makes sense i think so too because yeah. i mean not 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 only would your mutate deck you know not only would your mutate deck be accelerated by twice the speed pretty much right but her ability still stands whenever a player casts a spell that targets a single creature other than ivy you copy it and it targets ivy so if somebody else is targeting creatures is targeting their own creatures to buff them up ivy is still copying that and you're still buffing your own creature from ivy Ugh. you know so you're, you're not only accelerating your mutate deck but you're also still essentially stealing other people's spells yep so it's 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 pretty good. It's you wanna, pretty good. You want to know some? You want to know some things that I thought of when I saw this? What's that? Uh, mainly auras. Mainly auras. So yes, first auras one is good. Aqueous form. One drop. Enchantment aura. Enchant a creature. Enchanted creature cannot be blocked. Whenever it attacks, scry one. You'll have two of those on the battlefield. So every time you attack with those two, you draw two. Or not draw two. You look at uh, or you uh, 
subscribe to. So you subscribe one for the first one. If you like it, whatever. Subscribe one again for Ivy. Next one. One that has absolutely never helped me at all. I have, don't think I've ever got it played in Commander. I don't think I've ever played it in Commander. I tried. Never drew it. Never got it. So I took it out. But uh, it's called... I've had it... Long story short, we played Standard. I had a friend take this from me. Hit me with my own creature, almost killing me, and then I died the next turn. It is a 7-drop enchantment. Philosophication. Enchant a creature. When Colossification enters the battlefield, tap the target creature, or tap enchanted creature. Enchanted creature gets plus 20, plus 20. You have 40 damage between two <laughs> creatures. You're just going to smack the absolute, like, the hell out of them. Last one is one that I recently learned about, I think a couple days ago. It's called Prodigious Growth. It's a six-drop enchantment aura. Enchant a creature. Enchanted creature gets plus seven, plus seven, and has trample. <laughs> can you tell that I like hitting people as hard as I possibly can? Oh yeah. Another another really cool thing that's with uh it's, that would be really good with Ivy is uh do you remember Soul's Majesty from um I know it got printed in um uh the uh, Kamigawa Commander set. Uh, is it the one that gives it... Um, Soul's Soul Majesty. Is that the one that's like um, Speaker or Return of the Wild Speaker? Yeah, yeah. You draw cards equal to the power of a target creature you control. So if you targeted, if you targeted the other creature that you've been mutating, right? Yep. Ivy's going to copy it and target herself too, so you're drawing cards for both of their powers. I know Rishkar's <laughs> Expertise is one that does the same thing, where you draw cards equal to the power, and then you you would cast one card that's five mana or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Well, if, you if do I'm that not, twice. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, Rishkar's Expertise is you draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. You don't target a creature with it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's, it's same thing with the turn. It's same thing with the turn of the wild speaker. That's why I specifically because I remember specifically Soul's trying Majesty. to look for a card like that. Yeah, okay. Soul's Majesty is the only one that I know of that like you target a creature and you draw cards equal to its power. And so if if you did that on the other creature that you've been mutating the entire time, Ivy will copy it and target that same creature. This might be <laughs> another one, not like Joda, but I might make this an alternate, not a substitute, but like a third string Simic commander. She seems really really good. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool value baked into it. The the thing is the the uh the scary thing about it though is if somebody, you know, is if somebody's playing say like a um like a, a aristocrats deck and they don't mind killing their own things, they could then copy they they could then target their own creature with say something like a murder and then now Ivy has to trigger and Ivy has to target herself. Oh, <laughs> well, actually God. no, you 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 may copy yeah, that spell. I was going to say mind. it's not yeah, I was going to say May's the May's the strong strong word. Never mind. Yeah, no, that is really good. Oh, it always is. Yeah. Ready to move on to the next one, sir? Uh, yes. You're you're gonna talk about it, right? Oh, of course. This is another one that I was absolutely excited for. That I saw, and Rob he sent it to me, knowing that like I either a saw it or I knew I was gonna basically talk about it or get super excited about it because he knows how much I love hitting things as hard as I possibly can. But that being said, we move on to is it Stang? I believe it's Stang. Stang Echo Warrior. He is two. Rule. Two colorless, red-green for a legendary, legendary human warrior creature. Whenever Stang Echo Warrior attacks, create a uh, Stang Twin, a legendary 3-4. Look at that, Rob. You can add him to uh, the legendary 
uh, Jonah deck. <laughs> this is a, I forgot he does this. That's like four creatures, five creatures. I do that now. Create a legendary 3-4 red and green warrior creature token. It enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. You're like, okay, that's not, that's not that bad. You know, you get a, you're doing six damage, right? You get a 3-3, three, three, a 3-4 three, and a 3-4 attacking. Here's, his, here's like the second half of that, uh, of that card. The next thing reads, it enters the battlefield tapped and attacking, right? That's the end. The second part. For each aura and equipment attached to it, or attached to Stang, create a token that's a copy that's attached to Stang Twin. Sacrifice all tokens created this way at the beginning of the next end step. So all of those enchantments, or those two enchantments, Colossification and Prodigitous Growth, I think is what it was. The seven, you give plus seven, plus seven trample, or plus 20, plus 20. You have two creatures that are doing 20 damage a piece. You have two creatures that are doing 10 damage a piece. You know, you got Embercleave in here. They both get Embercleave, but, you know, the legendary rule applies, so one of them will get Embercleave, but still, that's double strike. Or you could do Fire Shrieker. Fire Shrieker is not legendary equipment. Throw it on him. Uh, token gets uh, double strike. Any, just, of the, uh, any of the Sword of equipment? There's, there's, double, there's double the effect if it hits. Like, yeah, there's like so, so much like, stuff you can add to this deck. And you don't even need... Sword of Feast and Famine would be really gross because if you're untapping all your lands, you could untap all your lands with one of them. And then as the trigger for the second one is on the stack, you could play like instance or whatever and then untap everything again. <laughs> Another card that goes in here that I actually worked this time the way I wanted to. Rishkar's Expertise because with the five mana, you can cost any or cast any equipment, put it on the Stang or an Aura, put it on the Stang, attack, have more stuff. Or if you want to do like more of the extra combat route stuff, we play like I think it's like two or three sorceries that give you extra combat steps just to really start hurting people. You got heroic intervention just to make sure that they don't die or the stuff that you have on them doesn't die. It's sword destroyed. of sword of body and mind. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a two-two green wolf creature token, and that player mills ten cards. They're just, milling oh. twenty. <laughs> They're or if they have double strike, they'd be forty. <laughs> Can you say, I want this in a deck? I want this in a deck. Sword of Fire and Ice. You're drawing two cards and dealing four damage. There's literally anything you could think of. Colossus Hammer doesn't go in this deck because it, it's not really going to be equipped that much, as you know, being honest. But uh, it's just it's just a lot of good stuff you could pull with this. It's just literally any enchantment or aura you can think of. Just throw it on this shiny impetus. You make two treasure tokens because it's attacking. So they're both goaded. So what? Oh, they can't attack you. You make two shiny sword, two shiny. sword of truth and justice. Whenever a cooped creature deals combat damage to a player, put a one-one counter on a creature you control, then proliferate. You can proliferate four times if it has double strike. <laughs> uh, what is it? Bloodthirsty or Bloodforge Battle Axe? You get two triggers of that because if they do, if they both do combat damage, you make two copies. One of them goes away, so you have two that are unattached. Attach them swing again it's just sort of sword ugh. sort of uh sort of war and peace a crypt uh could creature deals combat damage to a player sword of war and peace deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand and you gain one life for each card in your hand oh basilisk caller too lifelink and death touch loxodon <laughs> hammer trample and lifelink you just there's just so much good stuff to add to this deck that i'm excited for it's yeah, like, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be really cool. He's gonna be a a very cool Voltron deck. 
Oh yeah, I there's mean, just you're you're essentially having double the effects that you normally would in a in a other Voltron deck. I mean, sure, Gruel Colors is kind of uh, restricting when it comes to Voltron, but but the fact that the effects double makes it all that worth it. Oh yeah, another one that'd be really good: Ancestral Mask, the, the enchanted creature. It's a three drop, two colors, one green, enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchantment or enchanted creature gets plus two plus two for each other enchantment on the battlefield. So it's not even just yours; it's other enchantments on the battlefield. Guess what? It's not legendary. You get two of them, <laughs> which add to one another. <laughs> like, and yep. then there's well, yep. what is there? Uh, Bear Umbra, enchanted creature gets plus two plus two, and whenever uh, this creature attacks, untap all lands you control. You get that twice. I'm pretty sure there's a Boar Umbra too, if I'm not mistaken. There's like there's like three different Umbras. Rancor, yeah. Enchanted Creature gets plus two and has Trample. Oh, yeah. When it's put into a graveyard, <laughs> put it back into your hand. That's a one drop. And then you have Ruins of, I think it's Ruins of the Deuce. Or Deuce. Enchanted Creature, as long as the creature that is enchanted is red, it gets a 1-1 one, one in Double Strike. As long as the creature is enchanted in green, it gets 1-1 one, one in Trample. He's red and green. He gets plus two, plus two, Trample and Double Strike. Guess what? There's another creature that comes in and does the same thing. Like, there's just so much... So much stuff you can put in here. Sticky Fingers. Enchanted Creature has Menace. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. You're making two treasure tokens. Shiny Impetus. You're making two treasure tokens. There's another or, uh, card that's coming up that we're talking about. That we're going to talk about. We can just talk just about it now, it, actually. Let's just do it now. Let's just do it now. It's just do it now. It's, per, it, it's perfect for it. So, yeah. Uh, another another good equipment that's coming out in red that would be great for staying is called the Reaver Cleaver. Uh, the Reaver Cleaver. Uh, it's a red equipment. Hold on, I gotta find it. Sorry, I didn't have it up earlier. No, I got you. Uh, I got it on. Yep. Yeah, Reaver Cleaver. It's a red equipment, like I said. It's a three drop, one red, two of any color. Uh, it's a legendary artifact, so you can only have one. But here's but the kicker. Equipped creature gets plus and plus one and has trample. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, create that many treasure tokens. Want to read that again, Equip Rob, one more time? Equip three. <laughs> it gets plus one, plus one. Yep. And trample. Uh, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, create that many treasure tokens. Uh, so the, the fact that it has trample and it gets plus one, plus one is what makes it very good, I think, because you're adding to the amount of treasure tokens that you get with a 1-1. One, one. And because it has trampled, you can't just chump block it and prevent any of those, prevent any, you know, from the person from getting any treasure tokens. You have to block all that damage if you don't want them to have any treasure tokens. But the fact that you're playing it in a Voltron deck and that there's going to be two of these things, well, actually, no, because legendary rule, but, you know, the fact that you're playing it in a Voltron deck, right? That makes it very hard to try to prevent any of those treasure tokens from coming onto the field. And and once you get those crazy amount of treasure tokens, it's just going to snowball out of effect. And then because you're playing it in a deck where you have two of these Voltron creatures at the same time, that's going to be very deadly. Also, the last one I wanted, one of the uh, auras that I forgot to talk about. It's a red aura, two, enchanted creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and has mountain walk. Oh, yep, yep. So you'll have two creatures with plus two, plus two, and if anyone's playing red, you can just slap them for free. <laughs> so many good things will come out of this deck. I'm excited for it. This will be absolutely disgusting. Anyways, yeah, that's all I have to say. 
about Stang, Echo Warrior. Rob, would you like to add or say anything else? <sighs> Just that he's going to be real, real disgusting. Oh, yeah, you're going to hate the way I build him. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Rob, would you like to talk about the next card? Yes, uh, we have another Voltron card, but I think I'll save that for a different time just so we can get a little more of a refreshment. Or I guess like a more... Um, kind of like a palate cleanser. Yeah, more like a palate yeah, cleanser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the next one that I'll talk about, let's talk about... Let's do Logamos. Logamos Hand of Hatred, huh? Ah, I see, I see. Go ahead. So Logamos... He's a Rakdos commander. I don't normally enjoy Rakdos commanders. Uh, I I want to build one so badly, but none of them really stood out to me. But then Logamos came along, and I think I might end up building him. So Logamos, he is three converted mana cost, uh, Rakdos, and then one of any color. So one of any color, black and red. Human Shaman, he's a 1-3. At the beginning of the combat on your turn, you create a 2-1 red elemental creature token with Trample and Haste. You sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. And then the second ability, you get to tap them. You could search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Activate if activate only if five or more creatures died this turn. So each time this dude is tapping, you are getting essentially a like vampiric tutor or a dem demonic tutor just for tapping him the only stipulation is you have to have five creatures that have died this turn doesn't have to be your creatures just any five creatures that have died during that turn well because he's in rakdos colors rakdos loves aristocrats or in other words loves sacrificing your own creatures so activating that ability would be very easy and that is very good especially in especially in the commander setting where you only have you know one copy of of cards in a hundred card deck that is going to be very good and one of the things that i thought of when it came to this deck i thought of um um uh, what are they called um apostles um oh, i can't think of their name exactly one second shadowborn apostles there we go i thought of a shadowborn apostles deck uh shadowborn apostles if you don't know by now they are one black a one one human cleric a deck can have any number of shadowborn apostles you pay one black and you sacrifice six of them you search your library for a demon creature card put it onto the battlefield and then shuffle so the reason why that's really good with lagamos is because if you play six of them because they only cost one black so if you have six of them on the field and you have lagamos on the field you can activate one of those you could activate one of those apostles ability sacrifice six of them go fetch a demon the demon enters the battlefield now you have this big creature well also logomos is now also able to be activated because you sacrificed at least five creatures you can tap them and go search for a card well since you're playing a shadowborn apostles deck let's just go search for a reanimation card play the reanimation card get those six creatures back sacrifice them go search for another demon it can get out of hand really quickly and if you had thornbite staff with you in this deck every time those shadowborn apostles are dying you're untapping a logamos so then you can then just tap them again and go search for more things it's going to be really good i think logamos is going to be very good yeah so the way i thought of making this deck 
is it's essentially almost like Rob's, except not the Shadowbone Apostles. It's rats and steel. So like a lot of mono black spells will be spells that like either are rats or create rats. And I'll have like paid Piper where sacrifice a certain amount of rats. I take control of something, do it again, do it again, or have something that like you sacrifice creatures, take this, or you have Dictative Erebos, you sacrifice a rat, sacrifice a bunch of other, like each player sacrifices something, do it again. And then red spells will be like Act of Treason, uh, stuff like that, like stuff that steals other people's things that I can either swing at or have like a sacrifice outlet, such as Phyrexian Altar. We have uh, Ashton's Altar, get mana out of it so I can play the spells that I search for. Stuff like that. Like, I was mainly having it so I don't lose my stuff, but the aristocrats part is you losing your stuff mainly. Like, I lose something, you lose something, or I just take your stuff and you lose. Yep. And then so, if, if, you are, if you are playing Aristocrats, uh, imagine how easy it's going to be to activate Logamos if you have something like um, Butcher of Malachar or a, um, that... Um, um, what is that enchantment where... Uh, Meat Hook Massacre? Is it, is it Dictative Erebos? Yeah, that's the one or, I was talking about where you sacrifice. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Butcher Malachar is essentially that other... Is, is, is essentially the same thing as Dictative Erebos. That'd be really good for aristocrats too, because all you have to do is just sacrifice. Like, if you're playing with like four people at a table, you know, you just sacrifice one creature, and that's already four. You just have to sacrifice another one, and, and you could activate Logamos. <laughs> it's there's just so many different ways to make that guy, and I'm. Just... I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. Instead of just being like, oh, I'm gonna cast this one demonic tutor, it's gonna be like, nah, I'm gonna search for six cards. Like, well, what six cards did you look for? That's the mind game you can play with your with your opponents is you search for a card, you don't have to tell them. You can just straight up look for lands. They'll never know. Yeah, you just <laughs> you just search for you just search for any card. Any card and you don't have to reveal it, put it in your hand and shuffle your library. It just that is really good. If you want to be really practical with it, uh, I would say Shadowborn Apostles. <laughs> just because <laughs> just because you just play your Shadowborn Apostles, you go fetch your big demons, and then you go fetch, you know, your um um, reanimation with Logamos, and that is just your practical version. You're pretty much putting your entire work, your your entire deck to work with that way around. But then there's all the other ways that you can play with them too, like an like an Aristocrats deck if you really wanted to, with you know Butcher Malakar, Dictative Erebos, stuff like that. Or you could go on with rats, with like things like Thrumming Stone, get those rats on there. Uh, do um do an aristocratic type way where you have um. So like an easy sacrifice outlet like a Viscarisir or whatever and you can you know scry your way into some other things while uh, Logamos is able to search for specific things it, it's it's cool it's gonna be real cool Glad to see the Shadowborn Apostles <laughs> what I think of is Shadowborn Apostles really remind me of that blue creature that like it mills or whatever like you can have any number of those blue like, the the advisors or whatever they were. Oh, I hated that card so much in standard, but I'm happy that I've never played against a deck that that actually is in this there, game. There is there in, in commander. There definitely is. Uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of that card for the life of me. But I I'm ready to go on to the it. next card if you're. Um, this can be yes. a super fast one. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm just trying to find. Uh... You know when you get it. Oh, so I'll move on. Yeah. 
The next card I want to talk about, very, very quick, because it's very straight to the point. You're not really going to... It's You're just going to basically have all the same card, just different colors, essentially. Uh, Ellis. I think it's Ellis, or Elis. Ilkor, Sadistic Pilgrim. Cost Orzov, or White Black. For a legendary creature, Phyrexian Core Cleric, 2-2. This creature has Death Touch. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one. Whenever another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one. Guess what this can be? You can have it like half life gain, half life or half token making. Because the way I was thinking of it, got uh, Elis or Ellis as your commander. You have Zulaport Cutthroat. You have Meathurt Massacre. You have Bastion of Remembrance. You have Blood Artist. You have uh, Arioch Champion. You have Suture Priest. You have the Soul Sister, Soul's Attendant, and Soul something, Soul Warden. A bunch of things Sir that Conrad. ended up. <laughs> Sir Conrad's in there. Basically, anything that a creature enters the battlefield. Sir Conrad's a dog, or a, I think it's called Dreadhound. Looking it up real quick, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Dreadhound, it's a six drop. Uh, whenever a creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from your library, each opponent loses one life. There's also that. I didn't even know that came out. Is that actually Sir Conrad's dog? Or is that just like I the just, joke? I, I, just, I just call it Sir Conrad's Tongue. Oh, because it does just... the, like, whenever a creature dies or is put in their grave. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's a, essentially a pseudo-Sir Conrad, but it's a dog, so I call it Sir Conrad's dog. And then there's so I keep... the... I forgot what the demon's name is, but when it enters, you make tokens uh, to, like, your devotion to black. You also have Gary, or Grey Merchant of Asphodel, which when it enters, you have your devotion to black. It's just, like... It's just a very drain-heavy uh, 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 aristocrat deck, I think, in my opinion. You could also have, like, uh, what's the win combo you can have? You can add Walking Ballista and Heliod in this deck. You can have Exquisite Blood and uh, Exquisite Blood and something Bond, whatever that one is. It's, one is whenever you gain life, target opponent loses life. The other enchantment is whenever an opponent loses life, you gain that much life. They trigger each other for infinite damage, infinite life gain. You have yeah. Aetherflux Reservoir with Bolas's Citadel and Sensei's Divining Top. Like You can play essentially play two creatures and everyone loses like nine health just from you having yeah. one creature die. Pitiless Plunderer to make tokens off of. It's just like there's so much stuff. You can have stuff that dies and has triggers when they die gain life off of that and people lose life off of it like it's gonna be and such it, a good deck just for life gain and life you can easily turn this game around so quick in an aristocrats deck this is essentially the effect that you're like trying to infinitely combo where you just drain uh opponents down whenever you sacrifice a creature because there are many ways to infinitely sacrifice your own creatures and if you have an effect like this on the field where you know you're draining opponents for each time a creature dies you just you know it's an infinite combo that kills people and so mainly aristocrats decks are looking for this type of effect like blood artist and stuff like that well this is the first time that you can have that drain effect in the command zone that's that's, that's a big thing that's what's so big about them is because now now you can actually have the drain effect in your command zone and now the things that you're looking for in your deck is sacrifice fodder and um sacrifice outlets because usually usually the things that are in the command zone are either uh the biggest thing is usually like sacrifice outlets what's in the command zone but now you actually have 
probably the most consistent piece in the command zone being the drain effect. And now all you have to do is look for those sacrifice outlets and then the sacrifice fodder. I thought you were going to say something else. No. <laughs> but yeah, That's so it. very quick commander, very quick thing. It caught my eye because it was like, that's actually pretty dope. It's pretty cool. You can make a bunch of tokens, sacrifice the tokens, da-da-da-da-da. You know, one thing leads to another. At the end of your turn, someone's losing health, you're gaining health. Essentially what it is. Yep. And with that being said, Rob, would you like the next one? Yeah, I will move on to Ramsey's Assassin Lord. Whoops. Talk about so, this. I'm head to the restroom quick and I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So, Ramses. Let me pull him up on Scryfall real quick. Forgot to do it earlier. Just quick couple clicks of the button. Ramses. So, uh, people who've been around long, uh, long enough, uh, they know Ramses is an older card. He's been getting quite expensive. Uh, they brought him back. So, he'll now be a cheaper card ramsey's assassin's lord he's a demir card uh so two of any color and then demir uh blue black he's a human assassin a four four he has death touch other assassins you control get plus one plus one so he is assassin tribal uh you know play your assassins they get all pumped up at plus one plus one there's some assassins that could do some really nifty things and they're um when they're you know dealing combat damage to uh people and because they have that plus one plus one from ramsey's uh, they might be able to get through a little easier. They might, you know, people might not want to block them as much. So uh, uh, that just helps them get in. They start doing their uh, start doing their triggers a little more often. And then he has this last ability: whenever a player loses the game, so uh, um, if uh, you know one of your opponents, say I was playing against Damien, if Damien loses the game, if they were attacked or if Damien was attacked this turn by an assassin that I controlled. I win the game. So if the thing that's really cool about this is, you know, say you just attacked and, you know, dealt damage lethal to him with assassins. So you just had all these assassins on the board. You killed him through combat damage with, with you know, through lethal with an assassin and he died. You just win the game. Even if there's other people at the table with full health, you just straight up win. That is scary. Oh, but yeah. The thing is, is the fact that if they were just attacked this turn by an assassin they don't even have to deal combat damage if they were just attacked by an assassin you win the game what is so scary about that is that if you attacked with ramses okay and at instant speed if you had an infinite um you know um mana engine which is super easy to do in blue it's just isochron scepter and dramatic reversal you have that infinite blue uh, mana you can then dump all that mana into an instant speed way for them to either mill themselves out like draw their through their entire library or completely drain their health through instant speed they would lose the game and because you were attacking with an assassin you controlled you would win the game he is very scary very scary you could win the game in the blink of an eye and even and even if you don't have that infinite combo you can just have assassin's tribal so ramses is going to be very cool he's going to be very fun uh the thing that i like about ramses too is the fact that he is a demir commander that finally doesn't have to do something with milling <laughs> i 
was, that was such a big pet peeve that I had. I know Toxtril is pretty a pretty popular commander, and he doesn't have anything to do with milling. Uh, but Toxtril is just kind of an expensive card to dump. That's just kill on sight. So, yeah. but this is very refreshing to have a Demir commander that, that has mill. nothing to do with milling, and I love it. You want to know something that's uh, uh, so? When I looked at this, sorry for interrupting you. That was my bad. That's okay. But uh, there is an, I think it's an enchantment. I know it's an artifact. It is called, I believe it is, Winged Boots. It is Winged Boots, one colorless, one blue. Artifact equipment. Equip creature has flying and ward four. What do you think the equip cost of this is? Uh, I don't know. Four? <laughs> one. <laughs> All you need is just that. Throw it on Ramses. Just attack somebody. You don't even have to like. You can just hit them for four damage. Not even kill them. Be like, guess what? You or lose even the game. Uh, even Vorpal Sword. Yeah, yeah. Attack, attack, attach Vorpal Sword to Ramses. Attack with Ramses. You win the game with Vorpal, or like you kill somebody with Vorpal Sword. You just win the game. <laughs> oh, uh, what's another assassin? Well, Asker Girl is an assassin. Yep. Oh, uh, that new that new um assassin that came from I'm pretty sure it was the it was um Baldur's Gate, the one where like whenever like an assassin you control does combat damage to a player, you put like a bounty counter or something on like an exiled card. That's also an assassin. That you could throw. Oh in. yeah yeah yeah. I was gonna make a deck out of her, but then I switched it. Yeah, you could throw her in the 99 of Ramses, and that would just help you get through your deck quicker with her too. Oh of course. So Rams Ramses is gonna be real cool. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna be the top pick for assassins tribal players out there. Oh yeah, I know there's like a lot of fairy assassins. There's gonna be a lot of that. Uh, so it's essentially just gonna be a lot of like. The way I explain it is, you know, synergy is best is with assassins, and it's just a lot of them are gonna be black usually. I don't think there's a lot of blue unless this is gonna come out with a bunch of blue and black uh, assassins or mono blue assassins. But even I guess still. I guess I haven't really. I could look real quick here on the uh, mana box. I haven't really looked at the uh, spoilers to see if there was going to be uh, any more. Uh, there is one mono blue assassin as of right now. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is two blue. A mirfolk assassin. You tap him to destroy target creature with island walk. <laughs> that is all it has. Yep. It's a one two. Crash. There are. I think there's a lot of Demir assassins though. I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's there one, two, three, four. There's five Demir assassins. Uh the old Ramses, that's like a hundred bucks if you really wanted to. Oh yeah, I forgot I found I forgot about her too. Uh Etrada, the silencer. Do you remember her? The Demir one? Uh yes, yeah, I'm looking at her now. Can't be blocked, yep. so that's a scary thing. Well, her her yeah, her ability is also really, really good. Especially with Ramses, her second oh, yeah. ability. Yep, because then you can make that player lose the game and then win the game because of assassin attacked. Yep, yep. So Trotta would be really good with Ramses. Uh oh, there's a new one that came from New Capanna, Avon Heartstabber. Yeah. So there's a uh, there's a few Demir assassins, but yeah, mainly black. I know there's one from um Ravnica that uh it was also um. 
uh, came from Ravnica, like um, Itrata, uh, Blood Operative. Blood Operative would be pretty cool in Ramses if he had like a surveil package going on with uh, Ramses. Blood Operative would be really cool. So, yeah. There's a. I feel like they're going to release some like more Demir, if not like mono black assassins in the deck, because that'd be really weird just to have one assassin and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I haven't really checked to see if there was any more assassins coming out in this set. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you have anything else you'd like to put onto it? Uh, not really. No, just uh, he's cool. He, he has some assassin synergy, make giving him an extra one one, and then he has a really scary ability that could just win you the game out of the blue. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I have I have one. I'd like to talk about just because I saw it and I was like, this would be a dope, dope thing. And speaking of synergy, having like specific creatures, tribal once again. But uh, this one is, I think it's Revis or Rivus of the Claw. One colorless in Rakdos, black red. For a legendary creature, Yashino, I think it's how I say that. Warlock, 3 3 with Menace. Abilities are Menace 1, so it's Menace. Tap it. Add two mana of any combination of colors. Only spend this mana to cast dragon creature spells. Once during each of your turns, you may cast a dragon creature spell from your graveyard. When you cast a dragon creature spell from your graveyard, it gains. When this creature dies, exile it. I am really excited about this. One, this is probably going to go into an Ur-Dragon deck because it taps for any two colors. So people will definitely put this in the Ur-Dragon deck. But for someone like me who doesn't want to spend that much money on that deck because I don't want a five-color deck, I'd probably do red-black because it seems pretty fun. A lot of them have, yeah. like, when it attacks, you deal damage for how many dragons you do have, or when it enters, you deal damage for how many dragons you have, recast a dragon from your graveyard if you have certain number of dragons. One thing leads to another, blah, blah, blah. They do a lot of damage, this and that. It's just... The, the two new, uh -huh. co what is it, Ancient Copper Dragon and Ancient Brass Dragon. The red one is Copper Dragon when it hits. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20, make uh, X treasure True. tokens where X is the number. The black one is roll a d20. The same thing as red when it hits, you roll a d20. But the difference is you bring back X creatures with total X commanded ver uh, com uh, ver uh, X converted mana cost where X is the result. So if you roll 20, you can bring back a total of, like, say, five things that cost four mana apiece. That's 20. 20 total bring, covered mana cost. Bring it back to the battlefield or your hand? I believe it's to your hand. I don't think it's the battlefield, because that'd be kind of busted if it was the battlefield. But yeah, there's a lot of dragons that have, uh, like, just really good effects. Like, that one's really good. Uh... Yeah, it's... Oh, actually, it's... Yeah, so Ancient Brass Dragon is when it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. When you do, put any number of target creature cards with total converted mana cost, X or less, from the graveyards onto the battlefield. X is the... Yeah, okay, okay. But yeah, you yeah. have... You have a lot of cool dragons that can go in there, and from what it... Like, there's going to be dragons that come back, back out. Heal Hellkite's a dragon. Throw him in, hit somebody, KX, destroy that much stuff. Dracuseth, because it's Dracuseth. That's you're gonna hear that a lot when you think of big red scary creature. Dracuseth. Man, what 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 did red do when it didn't have a when it before Dracuseth? When it didn't have a big scary red creature? Goblins. <laughs> Much. 
So yeah, just Rivers of the Claws, just Dragon Tribal. Really not much to say because like, it's dragons, big in scary Rakdos. things. Yeah, in the, the only uh, the only other Rakdos Tribal that we, uh, Dragon Tribal that we had was um um Deathwing, I think is what his name was. I think I think I think that's who it was. It was Deathwing? What did that where, do? Uh, Deathwing was the dragon where like when it entered the battlefield, you got to bring like any dragon from your graveyard from your graveyard to the battlefield. I think it was Deathwing. Was his name? What is his name? You said it was Rakdos. It was Rakdos. Yeah, it was a dragon. Uh, Bladewing, Deathless Tyrant, Flying Haste. Blade whenever Bladewing, Wing. Deathless Tyrant is combat as a player or planeswalker, for each creature card in your graveyard, create a two-two black zombie knight creature token. Oh no! I was thinking of Bladewing. I was thinking of Bladewing the, the Risen. I was thinking of Bladewing the Risen. That was the only other uh, dragon travel. Uh, interactors that we had because when he enters the battlefield you may return target dragon permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield and then um, his uh, ability is also one uh, for just Rakdos you get you give all your dragons plus and plus one till end of turn so I know Bl I know Bladewing was like the only other like Rakdos dragon travel that we had and then this guy came along and it's like hey all my all of my Rakdos dragon travel might actually just be under this this guy at the helm now oh yeah it's essentially that's basically it. Essentially, is what I'm saying. Like we're gonna, and we're then, gonna, and then, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure you're just gonna be swapping this dude out at the helm, and then putting the blade wing, the risen into the 99. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, because any color you want, boom, enters the battlefield, or like two colors, bam, you get what you need. There's like, it's just you have what there's Atsushi, the Blazing Sky. When it dies, you choose one exile the top two cards of your library until the end of turn. You play those cards or create three treasure tokens. Boom, you kill him. You have that one uh, infinite mana thing where you have the helmet on him. The, I think it's like Niv Death Mantle. Even uh, Kukusho, I think is what his name is. That black dragon, right? Uh, Kukusho, yes. Kukusho. And from both uh, the more recent Kamigawa and... Um, uh, how do you spell it? Uh, I think it's K-O. Kokusho. Yeah. yeah, Kokusho, the evening star. Uh when it dies, each opponent loses five life, and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. Wasn't there, a, wasn't there a new one that came out with Kamigawa, like the new Kamigawa? I kind of sworn there was. I don't think its name is Kakusho. Oh, Juji, that's what it was. Juji. Uh, when it dies, each opponent discards two cards and loses two life, and then uh, the other ability is put target non-dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So. Yeah, what you can do for that is get those two, um, I think it's all like Dragon Right Shaman. There's like two Dragon somethings where it makes Dragon spells cost like one less and two less. Well, that's if you're taking it from your graveyard. You, you just put a non-Dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't say, I thought it said your graveyard. Either way, like. Any, any graveyard. So Junji would be really good. Uh, Kokusho would be really good. Essentially any dragons. Because, <laughs> again, Dragon Tribal. But with that being said, Rob, would you like the next card you'd like? Uh, the next thing that I'm going to talk about, I think I'm just going to talk about uh, all of the sagas coming out, and then the card that is coming out in the um, Commander set from um, Dominary United is called Historian's Boon. Uh, so I'll just start off with uh, an example of one of the... Um, uh, sagas that they're coming out with in this oh. um, set. That, yeah, so just keep um, talking. I'm going to head for. to the restroom. So talk about them. 
Okay. So one of the sagas that they're they're coming out with um I think there's like two green sagas and then there's uh one saga for all the other colors. Um but each of these sagas have like a new ability that are putting on sagas that uh, that's new to like uh from uh Dominar United. Um but this one is the world spell. Um it is seven it is a seven drop. It's the one that I'm most excited for. Uh two green, uh five of any color. Uh it has, you know, three um uh like uh chapters to it i think is what they're called uh for the first two uh so it's both one and two it does the same thing you look at the top seven cards of your library you may reveal a non-saga permanent card from among them and put it into your hand put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order so you know for the first two that it's on the battlefield uh you're looking at the top seven you're going seven deep and you're looking for a non-saga permanent putting it into your hand then when you get to the third one Put up to two non-saga permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield, and that is the third one. Really good. Uh, you know, it's really expensive. You might, you know, you might not want to wait all the way until you know that third chapter to have to, you know, get that effect going. But it has a new ability that all of the other sagas that have come out thus far don't have. It has this ability called Read Ahead, and each one of the sagas that are coming out from Dominar United has this ability called Read Ahead. When it enters the battlefield, you could choose a chapter and start with that many lore counters. Add one after your draw step. Skip chapters don't trigger. Sacrifice after three. So if you played this card and you decided to read ahead to chapter three, it would immediately be sacrificed, but you would get that effect. Or you can choose to then, you know, you could choose to read ahead to chapter two. So then you only look at the top seven of your, of your library once, put, you know, one non-saga permanent into your hand one time. And then the next turn, you could then go to chapter three and do it. Or if you didn't want to have to wait at all, you just wanted to get that last effect from paying seven for this, you know, enchantment. You could do that. Just pay seven into the battlefield, skip all the way to chapter three, put two of these non-saga permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield, and then just sacrifice it. So just it's really cool. They uh they're coming out with uh saga, like I said, at least one saga for each color, and they all have that read-ahead ability, which is really cool. And then from the um uh, commander set that they're coming out with. Uh, they have this enchantment that goes with saga. It's not a saga itself, but it goes with the sagas. It's called Historian's Boon. It's a white card. It's four in total, three of any color, one white. Like I said, it's an enchantment. Whenever Historian's Boon or another non-token enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a one-one white soldier creature token. So you know, um, uh, let's just go with sagas because this has to do with sagas. I'll get to it. So you play this. You create a one-one white soldier creature token. You play these sagas. You create a one-one white soldier creature token. So you're getting a little bit of a board presence with it. But then this last ability, whenever the final chapter ability of a saga you control triggers, create a four-four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. That is really cool. So with all these new sagas, you know, you could just read ahead to chapter three. It triggers. It would trigger historian's boon. Get this four-four. Uh, the reason why I'm a little bit excited about these cards coming along with these really powerful sagas and this new enchantment that synergizes with sagas that gives a powerful effect. I remember from Kamigawa, Satsuki the Living Lore, um, for those of you who don't remember who it is, uh, it is Silesnia, one green, one white, 
a legendary human druid. She's a 1-3. You can tap her and you can put a lore counter on each saga you control. Activate only as a sorcery. So whenever you put these lore counters on this on these um, uh, sagas, you are activating that next chapter. Um, yes, you activate that next chapter when you put that lore counter on it. And then when she dies, you can choose one. Return target saga or enchantment creature you control to its owner's hand. So you could pretty much just return a saga back to your hand, completely restarting it. Or you can return a target saga card from your graveyard to your hand. So all these, you know, to, um, sagas that, you know, you sacrifice because they went to their third chapter. You can, when she dies, you can return that from your graveyard back to your hand. So what's really cool about this is now you have all of these really powerful sagas that can go with her, and you also have now this new enchantment where whenever a saga you control, like the the final chapter of a saga you control triggers, you create that 4-4 angel with flying and vigilance. And I know Satsuki, I know she was a really cool commander, really cool idea for a commander, but the thing that was lacking was that she was Selesnya colors, and so she didn't really have those really good sagas that could really make her stand out. But now we have like this world spell saga, which you could just slap these huge permanents out from your hand onto the battlefield, and then you have Historian's Boon, when with this last chapter of world spell goes off, you're creating this 4-4 white angel creature token, or any of these other sagas, you're creating this 4-4 white angel creature token, and then Satsuki being able to bring those back from the graveyard when she dies and being able to do it all over again. Or the thing is, is with World Spell, you can then choose if she, if you have Satsuki on the field and you play World Spell, you could then choose to go to that only that second chapter, look seven deep, get that non-saga permanent card, put it into your hand, and then with Satsuki, you can tap her, put that lore counter on it, and then you could immediately get to that third one. So with Satsuki and you cast the world spell, you're getting both two and three. And then if you had Historian's Boon, you're getting that four four angel. And then you're putting all these permanent spells onto the field. And then if Satsuki dies, you can then bring the world spell back and do it all over again. It's gonna be really cool. I think these these new saga synergies it's just a little bit they didn't add very much but with these new saga synergies i think satsuki just has that bit more of the foot in the game and it makes me really excited i hope they keep coming out with things like that just because satsuki is a really cool idea and i think she'd be a really cool selesnia commander to have and having these new sagas would be a, a really cool thing to have so um i know that i'm done talking about these sagas now I really uh, don't I have, don't really have much. To say. I was never a fan. I really don't oh, like. Yeah. I know they. I know they have really good abilities. Like I've seen them in play. They're bad or they're not good. I just personally don't like them. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Like, it's just that simple. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's why I wanted to talk about the sagas and historians' boon specifically because of Satsuki. When I saw historians' boon was white, I was like, oh my goodness, Satsuki is going to love this card. It's going to make her that much stronger. Uh, uh, which one was that again? The creature? I think you. I think I heard half of what you said. Satsuki. Here, I will. Uh, I will put it into the. Yeah, just I'll put, put the, it. Uh, yeah, just put it in the. Put it in the document and get it. Yeah, but here, I here. will. This is this is her. It's the second page. Gotcha. Oh, so, oh, the Kamigawa girl. 
Yep. So you, you tap her and you put a lore counter on each saga you control. And so I was yep. just uh, I was just telling them about the new read ahead stuff. Yep. For the sagas, so like that new uh, the world spell one where you get to put you know any non-saga permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. What you can do with her on the field is you play that that saga, skip to chapter two, you get that chapter two effect, tap her, and then you immediately get that chapter three effect. And then if you have if you have that historian's boon on the field, you're then also getting that four four angel. And then you sacri- you know, you're sacrificing that that uh, world spell. And then when she dies, you can bring that back to your hand and replay it. It's gonna be really cool. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be a good command. Yeah, I'm just with the new with with the world spell and um, with um, uh, historian's boon, and then the other uh, read ahead saga that came with white. It's gonna be really good with her. I think she got a few more tools that uh she's gonna really love and it makes me really happy because when i saw her i was like oh man this might be you know i, I saw that it was all about sagas i was like oh my goodness like i might actually make this my selesnia commander but then you look at the selesnia sagas and it's like wow she does not have that many tools to mess around with and it was really sad but i'm really happy that they gave her just a few more and i i'm i cannot wait to see if they come out with more because i really want her to work I can see what you're saying with that, yeah, because I think it would work. I think it's going to work out very well for her, because, like, it's an enchantress or, like, enchantment kind of deck, so there's a lot of green-white, like, enchantment. Like, when they enter, go look for an enchantment, or when an enchantment enters the battlefield, draw, so you can keep casting a bunch of enchantments. There's, uh, I know there's sagas that let you, look, like, you search for basic lands. I don't think they come into the battlefield tap, but that's, like, a, a way to fix your mana. Yeah, yeah. There's just not that very many sagas. Yeah. Uh like i guess like game changing sagas that um she can mess around with in the colors that she was given yeah i can see you i can see i can see how good that how much hey i'm just playing sagas you don't have to hit me and then people be like oh, okay <laughs> and then be like 19 and, and sagas then, later you'd be like oh and, okay. then, and then all of a, and then all of a sudden you're just playing all of these like sagas and these sagas keep coming back and you just get all of these saga triggers that are just doing powerful things it just seems so cool oh yeah and then and then then her being able to add those lore counters too so you could just essentially just skip ahead it's so cool i think it's such a cool idea and the fact that when she dies too you can actually bring those sagas back to then go through those sagas again it's so cool i just i wish i wish she had more tools to actually make her more effective and she's going to be with these with these other two cards but it's just two more cards i don't think it's enough for her to be like yes that's a good commander it's just it's 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 a couple He's more a fun tools. commander yeah it's a couple more tools to be like oh yeah you know she's she's getting there she has some cool things that she can do whereas before these these things like before the read ahead things came out and before this historian's boon came out it was she was really underwhelming she there was not very many sagas that did that much and so you weren't even so you weren't even hardly tapping her to put lore counters on sagas you're mainly using her for like the enchantment creature thing but now that we actually have a card that wants you to play with, you know, sagas and complete those sagas, and now that we actually have sagas that you can just completely just skip through, she's gonna be really cool. I just, I, I hope they add more of those read ahead sagas and like future expansions, and because I think she would have a lot of fun with them. You say another uh, real quick going back to uh, staying. I forgot to bring up Eldrazi conscription, an eight drop Eldrazi aura enchantment. Uh, enchanted oh, creature gets yeah, plus yeah, ten yeah. plus ten has trample and annihilator too. 
So you have Annihilator <laughs> 4. Or you have Annihilator 2 because the other one comes in attacked and attack or attack or tapped in attacking, so it doesn't trigger. But you still have a 10-10 with trample. So you get a 14-14 or a 13-13 with trample. Yes. But yeah, if there's nothing else you'd like to say, uh, are you ready to move on to the next card? Because I'm going to talk about two of them. Yes. One's going to be real quick. The other one's going to be a little bit more lengthy. Not too bad. Yes. So the next card I will be talking about is Silverback Elder. Everyone's favorite card that they obviously know what it is. They know what it does. JK, that's Sakura Tribe Elder. Everyone loves Steve. This is a new card. Silverback Elder. <laughs> it is a five drop, three green, two of any color. Silverback Elder is a creature ape shaman with five power and seven toughness. When it enters the when you cast a creature spell, not when it enters, just when you cast a creature spell, choose one. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tapped. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. Or gain four life. Now, Rob, can you explain to me why a green card with all of these abilities is such a threat? Or be so versatile and good. Hold on, hold on. Uh, was it Silverback? Silverback Elder? Elder. Two words: Silverback and then the gorilla holding a tree as a walking. He is massive, actually. Now, Adam yeah. is very big. Let me uh, let me pull him up. Silverback Elder. Uh. Uh, what was your question? Why <laughs> can you tell me why? Well. Can you tell me why a mono green creature that has these abilities would be such a threat or be like so versatile? Uh, I mean, essentially, it does everything that green wants to do. Green likes to destroy artifacts and enchantments. Green sometimes gains you life, and then green also wants to ramp. <laughs> oh yeah, get all the stuff you've ever wanted in your life. <laughs> it's essentially uh It's essentially a. The way I look at it, it's essentially a aura shards package in mono green. That's just two more mana, like expensive, but it also has two other things that you can do with it. It's gonna replace aura shards. No, it, I don't think it definitely. I don't. No, definitely aura shards because of how cheap it is. It's super competitive, and that's why it's so good. And but, then it's whenever and, a and creature it, enters think, the battlefield, not I, any non. Yeah, I think. I think. For casual play, I think Silverback Elder is going to be very good because just for two more mana, and it's and it's it's mono green too. You don't have to worry about that second color. Just for two more mana, you're getting that aura shards effect, but you're also getting two other payoffs with it. So if you don't have any more artifacts and enchantments to destroy, you can then just start ramping, or you can then just start giving yourself more life. I think it's going to be really good. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really fun. It's just, it's mainly, I'm just going to play it, if I'm being honest, it's literally just going to be a deck, or put in my deck, probably. Because you know what my mono green deck is. <laughs> it is everyone's favorite thing. Yorvo essentially comes in with four counters. Anything that enters the battle, or anything that enters the battlefield under my control, in creature gets a 1 1. If the power is bigger, he gets another 1 1. I made it a custom card. It's Hulk, strongest there is, because it makes sense. Yeah, that was the quick, easy one. It, there's a lot of creatures in that. Anything that's creature-heavy, throw this guy in it. Um, boom, gonna... uh, Goreclaw. Goreclaw would very happily welcome this dude, because uh, cause Goreclaw, uh, anything that has power four or greater is discounted. 
and so he would be just three green and so you, you just have him on the battlefield for three green and then also you know gore claws super creature heavy and all of these powerful creatures are discounted so then not only can you get this guy out pretty early for three but you can also start getting out these other powerful creatures earlier and then you are then you're also getting all these etbs of destroying target you know and artifacts or enchantments or you're gaining life off of them or you're you're ramping with them just to play even more creatures it, so i think gore claw would have a you know would would welcome silverback elder with wide open arms he's like come here i am your friend <laughs> be one of mine but yeah so Basically, that was ba that's all I wanted to say about this card. Very super, like, to the point, simple enough to explain. Creature-heavy decks will love this card. That simple. Oh, yes. Next card I would love to talk about is the new Danitha. Danitha, Banalia's Hope. This is a four or five drop, four of any color, white. Legendary creature, Human Knight, 4-4. Four, four. First Strike, Vigilance, Lifelink. When Danitha, Banalia's Hope, enters the battlefield, you may put an aura or equipment card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield attached to Danitha. So she's kind of like Bruna, who when she attacks, it's all equipments and stuff, but she only gets a single one, either from your hand or graveyard. Yes. But uh, let me tell you about a quick little combo. Gift of Immortality. She enters the battlefield. If that's in your hand or at the battle, like, you know, just uh, in your graveyard. Gift of Immortality is three, two colorless, one white. When Enchanted Creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control. Turn Gift of Immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So essentially, whenever she dies, you just get her back at the end of everyone's turn. Forever. Yeah, true. That's you cool. just keep triggering it unless someone either exiles her or exiles the enchantment or gets it out of the graveyard. The new Danitha would very much be welcomed in um, Aster, the guy with uh, Equip 1. So oh if, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so then, if if your uh, poor little um, colossal hammer got put into the graveyard, Danitha comes in and just brings it back to the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's like other there's other uh, other like things that people were looking at. So like, fire shrieker equip creature gets double strike, so you hit somebody for eight right off the rip. Uh, Haunted cloak equip creature gets vigilance, yeah. trample, haste, swift foot boots, lightning greaves. You got hammer of Nazan. Uh, whenever Hammer is on or another equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach that equipment to a creature. An equip creature gets plus two and has indestructible. You have Arden, who when he enters, he lets you at the beginning of your combat, essentially. How many enters? At the beginning of your combat, you get to move. Uh, you get to attach any number of auras and equipments to a target permanent or player. You're still Paladin. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield, draw a card. Metalcraft is zero or equipment costs zero if you have three or more artifacts. So essentially the way that like a lot of people are going to build her that I think is people are going to build her is like Voltron heavy, but not like severe Voltron where you're putting multiple equipments on at once. Because uh, the way that uh, I saw a lot of people playing her or making decks around her is that you blink her out of existence. So like you blink her real quick. So people don't try to target her with removal spells. So like you blink you, you blink her in response to like removal spells. Yep. So say someone terminates it, boom, blink it. Someone tries to exiling it, boom, blink it. Yeah, you lose the enchantment and everything, but uh when she enters, you just bring back what you lost back onto her and be like, Oh hey, look, now she can attack you. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think she's gonna be the best Voltron, 
mono white deck. I still think SRAM has that, the hazard beat, because he's two. And whenever you play literally any equipment, vehicle, or aura, you draw a card, so. I feel like he's going to go real good. Uh, you can also have Roba Stars onto her. That's a three drop, I believe, and you pay one white and one colorless, and you phase out and then phase back in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so she's kind of a slower Voltron, in my opinion. Like, she's not going to do a lot, but I can see her being relatively okay, probably like a five or six. Cause like I said, I see, her, I see her more in the ninety nine of yeah. uh, other of other Voltron decks. Cause yeah, if you like have, you like, said, a, Aster be a good if, one. If had, yeah, if you had a big piece that like went to the graveyard, you could just play her and immediately just bring that back. Or if you or you know if you have a big piece in your hand, you could just play her and then equip something you know from your hand. So essentially, there's a lot of stuff you can. Like, people probably will make a commander deck around her just because they're fans of Danathor. They just want to see how it works. Yeah, I agree with you. That's probably better. My uh, Mardu deck, my Knight's deck, easily could be. Yep. He enters, go look for something. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to go find a Colossus Hammer, <laughs> attach it to her. It's like, <laughs> I can move it around as freely as I want. So what? <laughs> I'm going to hit somebody if I can. I can go look for all of the swords, or not look for, but like if I have a swords of in my graveyard or my hand, I could just throw it on her and be like, well, now I gotta deal with Sword of Feast and Famine somehow. But yeah, those are the two cards that I wanted to talk about, just to get them out of the way and talk about them, because they're pretty interesting. I like them. They have a lot of places they can go. Danitha probably won't see a lot of commander decks with her. She'll be in the 99 more than anything. Silverback easily can be put in any creature deck. Got a bunch of creatures, boom, throw them in there. You're getting a bunch of triggers. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go on and we could talk about the last thing, I'm pretty sure. Or not the last thing, the yes. second to last thing. Uh, Yeah, second to last thing. Because I know you um, want to talk about a certain card. Or did you? No, you already talked about Tetsuo, didn't you? Uh, No, I did not. I'm okay. going to now. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Tetsuo is next. Uh, if you guys have been paying attention to Dominary United, uh, this would probably be the card that you've heard about the most. Uh, Tetsuo, Imperial Champion, he is Grixis. That is all he costs is just Grixis. One blue, one black, one red. Uh, he's a human samurai, a three-three body. Whenever he attacks, and if he is equipped, you choose one. He deals damage equal to the highest mana value among equipment attached to him to any target. Uh, you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand with mana value less than or equal to the highest mana value among equipment attached to him without paying its mana cost. So, if you had like a, you know, if you had like one of the sword of uh, equipments attached to him and he attacked, you could either choose to have him deal damage to any target equal to its convert mana cost, so three. You can have him deal three damage to any target, or you can cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand equal to its convert mana cost, which is three without paying its mana cost so you could you could just cast it from your hand so there's a lot of cool things you could do with them uh if you had something like um unsythe which is a uh uh four mana value grixis uh artifact it gives him first strike and plus three plus three so he'd be a six six with first strike you attack with him you can have him deal damage uh, f uh, equal to uh, you know, unsized commander at cost, which is four. So you can have him deal four damage to any target. So if there's a blocker, you just have him deal four damage to it. 
and now you don't have a blocker and now he's swinging in for six or if you know you're going to win that fight and you're pretty confident that your opponent is going to block it you could then just cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand that's four or less without paying its mana cost so you could then choose to just pump him up even further or you can choose to like draw cards or you could choose to just get some burn damage in through that instant or sorcery spell and then if you know you're going to win that fight they might not even block it and you might get combat damage through anyways or if they do block it with and he has unscythe unscythe then makes you unscythe and exiles that creature and you make a 2-2 you know token it's just so cool. And the, I think what's so good about him is the fact that he's in Grix's colors because there's so many good artifacts that are in Grix's colors that are super aggressive. And blue has a lot of good things that can help him evade to get in so you don't even have to worry about blockers. If you have that evasion and you have those super aggressive artifacts put onto him, all you could do is you could then cast instant source spells from your hand and you could pump them up even further with those, with things like Infuriate or... Um, uh, uh what was that one from new campana um was it agitate i think is what it was um i just keep talking i'll look it up yeah there's something like that so that's what that is what's so good about tetsuo because he's only a three cost so he's so he's not that expensive he's a three three body on its own so you're getting good value in his base power and toughness for the three mana that you're playing with him and then when you equip him he just gets even crazier and he snowballs out of control very quickly and he could deal so much damage very quickly and he could get in very easily he's going to be such a cool voltron commander and the fact that it's in grixis colors makes him all that much better he's just i think he's going to be a very popular voltron commander he's going to be so cool uh the card you were thinking of is agonize Instant for and, colorless, one red. Target creature gets 4-3 until end of Yep. So even if you have Fire Shrieker attached to him, he's getting that double strike. He's hitting for six. And then if you if you know your opponent can't if you know your opponent can't block, you can then just play antagonize from your hand. And now he has now he is a seven seven with double strike. That has already fourteen commander damage. <laughs> The one that I was thinking of that would be really good too if you want to draw a bunch of cards is Robe of the Arc Magi. Arc Magi, I think. Two colors, one blue. Whenever you equip creature deals combat damage to a player, you draw that many cards. Equip costs four. Equip Shaman, Warlock, or Wizard. Came from both. Ooh. Yeah, I know there's equipment that can help him get into in blue. I know blue has a lot of evasion stuff. So. He is going to be very, very cool. And since he's also in blue too, you also have counter spells to then protect him too. Because I, I know that's something that um, um, Voltron decks have a problem with is, uh, you know, if it's removed, then you have to start all over and it slows you down very badly. But because he's in blue and because he's so cheap, you actually have that chance of having those counter spells at the ready and being able to then counter those removal spells and protect them so then you can just keep getting in and keep just killing people. He's going to be so cool. Uh, yes, that'll be good too. Absolutely. Blade Reforged is disgusting. 
Black Blade Reforged would be very disgusting. There's also um not Blade. There's also um. Whip creature has bait power or five five with black demon. Yep, that'd be very good. There's also um, uh, lizard blades to give him double strike. Also, favorite battle axe. You copy of it or which equipment? Obviously, ember cleave. <laughs> Got boots. Yeah, he's uh, boxing on more hammers. Cast at three, it plus three, bunch of ways for him. He's going to be very good. Very, that's that is uh. That's all I can say. Is that he's gonna be very good. He's gonna be very scary, because he's he he has he has so many tools just built into him to help you get in, and then there's also stuff within the colors of Grixis that can help him get in. And so like you don't even have to worry about like blockers or anything. You could like you just gotta worry about getting that damage in, and that's so easy to do with black and with red. And the fact that you're able to cast those instant and sorceries from red that pumps up creatures for free, it is so scary. It is so scary. Or or if he's or if or if he's already pumped up, right, and you need for him to get in, you can then just cast an instant sorcery spell from blue that helps him get in, and you just do that anyways. Yeah. I know there's he's, uh, he's, gonna, he's gonna be very versatile. I don't very know if you good. talked about these artifacts. I might have missed it, but you have like trailblazers, blue, uh, trailblazers, non-basic land walks. So if they have any non-basic lands, whisper yep. silk cloak, equip creatures blockable. Out and cost three. Yep. You no, know, very easy thing. Very very. But yeah, overall, I feel like he's gonna be really fun. Um, Vorpal Sword. Vorpal Sword. Yeah, just in case you really want to kill. <laughs> if it, I mean, you know, if Vorpal Sword isn't like the largest convert mana cost that you have, you know, say it is Ember Cleave, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Vorpal Sword, you activate Vorpal Sword. You could then have him deal damage to something equal to equal to Ember Cleave's, you know, convert mana cost, which is six. So you could deal six damage to something, kill it, get in, then you win the game. <laughs> or hear me out now. Or ready for this one? Elbrus, the Binding Blade. I said it once, I'll say it again. <laughs> Want a big legendary creature to come out after you hit somebody? And also, because it attacks. You don't even, even if you don't hit, you just attack. You could deal seven damage to something, killing it. Or killing somebody. You can also cost, uh, cost, cast an incendiary spell from your hand with, seven or, or with six or less mana value. <laughs> Extra turn spells, baby. Extra combat spells. You are beating the hell out of somebody. Oh yes. Oh, I I'm excited for this one too. This is easily probably going to be my backup Grixis commander because I had a Grixis commander. Uh, I think it's Marchesa, Lady Marchesa. I think her name is Queen Marchesa. Not Queen Marchesa. It's I think it's Marchesa, the Grixis one that has dethrone. Oh, uh, um, yeah, I don't remember. 
Pretty sure it's, yeah, Marchesa the Black Rose. It's one in Grixis, so four mana, three, three, legendary creature, human wizard. Uh, dethrone, other creatures you control have Dethrone. Whenever, so Dethrone is whenever you attack the player with the most health, or tied for the most health, you put a 1-1 one, one on that creature. Whenever a creature you control dies with a 1-1 one, one counter on it, return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. So at the end of everyone's turn, they come back. Oh, um, Wand of Orcus? Oh, Wand of... Oh, dude, I forget. There's so many good ones. The one, the one that makes two two zombies for each damage that he dealt to the player. <laughs> and then, and then uh, the zombies you control gain death touch to undetermined whenever he attacks. Oh, the Reaver Cleaver. Yeah, the new Reaver Cleaver too. Yep. So yep, if yep. you have Wand of Orcus, Reaver Cleaver, and Robe of the or the Robe of the Arc Magi, you were say he's a five five. You're getting five tokens, five two two zombies, and drawing five cards. And playing uh, something for free that's five or less. Or a packed weapon, the one that came from uh, Baldur's Gate. With it, what did that do? I know uh, about it, but I forgot what it does. Packed weapon, uh, it's black, it's a four drop. Uh, whenever equipped creature attacks, draw a card and reveal it. The creature gets plus six, plus X until end of turn, and you lose X life or X is that card's mana value. <laughs> So and oh and also as long as packed weapon is attached to a creature, you don't lose the game for having zero or less life. So you just it's like platinum angel, but for four. So, so you 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 know equip packed weapon to him, and he just can't lose the game for you know having zero life. And then each time you draw, each time you or each time he attacks, not only can you choose to have him deal damage to something or cast an insert spell from your hand, you know, for free, but you're also gonna then draw a card from packed weapon, and then he gets plus X plus X, where where X is that creature, where where X is that uh that cards convert a mana cost, and then if you stack the triggers correct enough you could then cast that cast that card from your hand if it's an instant or sorcery spell or if it's not you could just have him deal damage to, to equal to whatever you know convert mana costa has he's you could just get there's so many cool things that can happen with them <laughs> yeah he seems really fun i just i just i just hope he's not a disappointment like there's no way he can't be i don't think so yeah. i think he has i think he has so much baked in value i think he's going to be able to do some stupid shit yeah as long as you have like smaller equipment so, like, the biggest one is probably going to be Elbrus at 7, but you're not going to have a bunch of 7 drops with, like, really heavy equipment costs, like 1 or 2 maybe. No. But, yeah, so with that being said, we're at that almost 2.5-hour mark, so we could probably call it there since we basically saved so. the best for the la like for last. Yeah, Tetsuo is uh, very good. Very Voltron. Very Voltron. <laughs> it's it's exciting i'm excited to see what you can do because winged boots once again the two drop that gives him flying in ward four so stupid but so good but yeah with that being said sir uh do you have any last thoughts on the new cards coming out or any of the cards that we talked about i don't think so no just uh no i don't I don't really think so. Uh, there's a lot that there's a lot that we talked about. I don't think we've. I don't think we forgot to say anything. No, it, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with what we covered. Uh, I'm excited for Jota to be my uh, be a five color <laughs> commander. I make because it's so it's gonna be so stupid fun. 
<laughs> Tetsuo might be my first Voltron deck that I make just because there's so many cool things that could happen with them. I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, that one drop uh, Yoshimaru in there. IV will get a very out of control if you play her with Mutate. Oh yeah, easily. Ramses could be very scary as a commander. But yeah, with that being said, Gitsa, uh, I we said everything we needed to say. It was really nice having you back on the podcast. Actually, hearing your voice again through you know people are gonna love that you know because you have that very sensual voice that everyone talks about. <laughs> Just that deep ASMR voice. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, as always, I want to thank everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, Rob will be be back every now and then. He won't be. It's basically just whenever we get the time. We work a lot. He's currently injured, so we might do another episode yeah. tomorrow if he's down, or like at least get another episode recorded and release another one. You know, yada yada I, yada. I literally can't do anything else right now. I'm stuck inside, going <laughs> insane. So but yeah. With that being said, catch you in the lobby the next time you decide to queue up.